Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I do not know if I'm broadcasting right now because we are having some issues. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with the line. Um, I am end up playing another track here in a minute if I can't get some confirmation that you guys can hear me uh, because it doesn't show that my line's connected right now. Uh, I think... Uh, Fallen Angel is in the chat room, so if you can hear me, just let me know. I don't want to just keep rambling. but Okay, so anyway, you're listening to the Speakeasy Cafe. We'll just keep going and see what we can do here. You're listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm really excited to be here tonight. I have some really cool stuff to share with you before we get started on the show. We are a call-in poetry open mic spoken word format program. If you would like to call in on the air and share your piece, you can call in at 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We can bring you on and chat and, and share your piece with the world. So, But before we do all that, we've got some announcements to go over. And uh, kind of just visit for a second before we get started. You know, I, I had this really strange week, I have to say, and I was going to sit and read you this free write thing that I wrote. But it's pretty long, so I won't, unless we end up having problems with the lines, and I may do it a little bit later on in the show. Um, but I, I was going to read that to you, but I'm not going to do that to you. I want to get to the callers fairly quickly tonight, but I do have a bunch of stuff to go over with you. So first I wanted to go over the workshops. If you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, which Phil is, Church is looking at doing some more with us, uh, a series, actually, and we've got Mama Oladeji, Vicky, Aqua coming on and doing a workshop soon. So real excited about some of those coming up. I've got a couple coming out as soon as I get them recorded, <laughs> which is a cool thing. We'll move on to that part of this. Uh, if you want to do a workshop with this, just shoot me over a message and let me know what you want to set it up on. All right. Uh, these can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. They can be pre-recorded, which means you can sit on your computer at home and record them, and then send me the MP3 file. We can do a pre-recorded show like that. We can do a pre-recorded show where we call in and I interview you a little bit, and then we end up with an MP3 file and and uh, you know upload that as a pre-recorded. Or we can do a combination of both. Pay your workshop that's pre-recorded first, and then like come on afterwards and do a, a live broadcast where we can take call-ins and answer questions and chat and things like that after you do the actual workshop. It can be put together on anything that you're interested in. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. So, you know, if you wanted to do it on your favorite poet, your favorite poem, your favorite uh, type of poetry that you like, a form you're wanting to learn or working on, talk about publishing, editing, whatever it is. If you want to do an actual workshop where we go step-by-step step and when we're done, uh, when you're at the end, like with San Philip and I did, 
a while back and you have a poem finished at the end, you can do that. Just uh, whatever you can imagine. It'll be a lot of fun putting those together and sharing them. You can even get those uh, contacts. I mean, probably the easiest way would be on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, my name is Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, Nyla Alicia. All right. And uh, let me know what you want to put together. We'll get that set up and we will uh, go from there. I'm just panicking. I, I have everything always set up perfectly before the show, but I always forget one thing, so I just found it, so we're good. We are good. All right, so, yeah, workshops. Send me your ideas. We'll get those put set, set up and put together. The next thing is I want to thank our sponsors, and my sponsor sheet was buried and still may be buried. If I can't find it. I did not find what I was looking for. Oh, this is really bad, guys. This can't be happening. But it is. So I have a whole list of sponsors of people who helped sponsor the show this year for our 2019 on-air license. And I've just lost the list. I have no idea where it is. It's normally right here on my desk. It never moves, but it's gone. I'm going to search my cat a little bit later. Um but on behalf of everybody that helped sponsor the show this year, I just want to say thank you and let you know how much we appreciate you and, uh, you know, stepping up to the plate like that and helping keeping us going on this, our, in October, October, it'll be our 13th year, our 13th anniversary of being live and on the air with you guys here. Uh, it's been amazing, absolutely brilliant. All right, so now to the fun part. At the beginning and the ending of every episode, I always give you, I was talking about it being a strange week earlier. Somehow I totally forgot about that. I thought I was going to tell you guys about the beginning of the show. Maybe I'll do that later too. <laughs> Let's get to your, your writing assignments and stuff. That's the fun part. Beginning of every show, I always give out a journal assignment, a uh, writing exercise, and a writing prompt. So if you're ever sitting there one night and you get stuck and lost for an idea and you're looking for something to write about, you can go back into our archives and just press on any episode, listen to the first 15 minutes of the show. Somewhere in there you will hear those prompts and you can be off and running. So we've did the since the beginning of the year we've done the journal assignment. And remember that I wanted these to be an actual journal or a notebook with a real pen in your hand, not on your computer screen, not with your little text little texting thumbs going 90 miles an hour. Okay? I want a pen in your hand. I want paper. I want you to feel the drag of your hand across the paper. I want you to feel the scratch of that pen when you're writing. Um, it's uh, important, I think. So your journal assignments. You get a journal assignment. And then your writing exercise. But I'm going to give you your, your assignment first. <laughs> okay? And since the beginning of the month, I've really been talking to you guys about... I'm going to get my shit together here in a second, guys. I promise. Losing that list is just really throwing me off. Um, one of the most important things you can do as a writer is free write. I mean, it's it's one of the things that you can do to keep that creative side of your brain going 90 miles an hour. You know, you can be sitting there at work and going over accounting numbers, and that, that brain of yours, your creative brain, will still be working. Uh, you know, as long as you feed it a little something every day, you know, don't, if you want to be a writer, write. Okay, so your journal, your journal, no one ever sees but you. You can write whatever you want in it. 
anytime you want. And right there, you know, weekly you can put your exercises and stuff we do here, prompts we do here, in there, so you can come back to them. But you know, it's it's your place to scratch. It's your place to just have fun. So, with free writing, uh, you you know, doesn't free writing? You aren't sitting down to write a poem. You're not writing a story. You're just putting your pen on a piece of paper and writing whatever comes to your head immediately. You know, and you just write it. And you just you know, it's just a release, a release on paper. You can talk about you know your work day or you know the the girl you saw on the bus or the fact that you hate doing laundry. It doesn't matter. Just you know, you can go over your shopping list, just free writing something on paper every day. Um, so I've been, but I've been doing these journal assignments. And how do you do when if you're supposed to be free writing and just putting your hand down to paper and writing whatever you want? You know, that's okay. So, but how can that be a prompt then if I'm just supposed to write whatever I want? So what I'm doing is, <laughs> I'm getting there, guys. Honest. What I'm doing is like a thought starter, a starter. A thought starter, a free writing thought starter. So you can just jot this down on a piece of paper and, and just go from there, even if you don't even do anything else with it. But they're really fun and silly, and they're meant you're meant to uh, just have fun with your brain. So the the free writing uh, thought starters are going to be silly and creative and fun, and you know just to see what happens with them when you put your pen to paper. But the okay, so the journal assignment for this week is. I want you to be a building that you know well, like the office building you work in or the post office or the grocery store. Um, I want you to be a building that you know well. You know, and if you know a lot about the pyramids in Egypt but you've never been there, it doesn't matter. You still know about them. Okay, so it's a building you know well. Just a building you know well. So be a building you know well and then talk about your life and memories as that building. So that's it. Be a building you know well. Talk about your life and memories as that building. That's your free writing thought starter. Next, we're going to do your exercise. So your exercise is different than a prompt, which we'll be doing next. An exercise is not meant to produce a great work of art. It's meant to make you sweaty, stretch, reach out of your comfort zone, uh, you know, push you push you in a direction you may not normally go. An exercise is when you you, you sweat and make messy. All right. So. It's just, it's it's usually something just fun too. It's it's something to stretch your brain. So I thought what I would do, and, and this is kind of a, a fun one, if you like playing with words, is I want you to do the, uh, and then you can do this in your journal. But I want you to do the alphabet writing exercise, and I want you to begin writing sentences down the page with the alphabet. So you start with A, and the first letter in that sentence is A, just A B C D all the way down to the bottom of the paper. Every line starts with the next letter in the alphabet. So that first line starts with an A, second with a B. All right? Just start writing sentences all the way down the page from A to Z. And the reason that doing these kind of writing exercises is is cool is because it, it challenges you, I think, really to think about words you don't use very often makes you look up words in the thesaurus which is one of the coolest funnest things in the world to do um, you, have, you have to be kind of creative being able to start a sen- the next sentence with that letter you know in the heart of the letter like a, an x and a z how do you do that you know it's fun getting out the thesaurus and figuring out how to do that 
instead of using like just zebra, right? Something you'd expect. That's your writing exercise, folks. So next we're going to do your writing prompt. Your writing prompt is intended to create a poem. It is uh, intended to be a seed planted. So this is the seed. It's gonna, I'm going to plant it in your brain. And whatever you do with it, it's up to you. But I want you to try to produce a poem out of this prompt. It can be the title of the poem. It can be a line inside the poem. Or it can be the general concept of the piece. Okay. So... The prompt for this week is, what a clever girl. What a clever girl. What a clever girl. That's your prompt for this week. So have fun with those. And remember, with your prompt, you know, if if you put your pen to paper, you just spit something out and write a poem real fast, that's great. But when it's not so much important. The, the, it's not as important the, what you do with the prompt or what you write from the prompt is what you do with the prompt. Um, when, when I give you these prompts, write them down the top of it, one of your journal pages and really dissect them, pull them apart. Think of all the different ways you could describe or start that or what all the different ways you could twist that sentence into different topics. You know, what can it be a metaphor for? What can it be a representative, representative for? Um, what a clever girl. So, yeah, play with that and, and look for a way to twist it, twist it, which is very clever. So, there. There we have it. Now, next thing I want to do, I'm going to play an audio track. And we always start and end every episode with an audio track from one of our poets. So if you're interested in having me play your piece on the air, you can email that to me in MP3 format to thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Right? Put MP3 file, something like that, in the subject line for me so it stands out. Get uploaded to the show and play it for everybody. The piece that I'm going to play tonight to start the show with is from the Poetry Chicks, and it is called Death of a Tree Hugger. Here we go. See, any time I take a walk in any forest, I make a point of hugging the trees. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am one of them tree-hugging fuckers. Not just idealistically or ideologically, no, you can ask anybody who knows me, come for a wee walk to the woodlands with me and there I'll be, hugging the tree, sometimes for up to half an hour at a time, just me and the tree, absorbing its energy, unless it happens to be a tree in an unfortunately overpopulated area, in which case I'll be sending healing vibes to the tree, and I believe, I believe it saved me thousands in prescription fees. I mean, I know it's fucking nuts, right? One day I hugged every tree in this woods, came home and found the lazy bastard still hadn't burned bush, and the fumes from the liberation tanks burned a hole in the ozone layer above our wreck. Last summer, someone told me that tree huggers make the baby Jesus cry. And then this atheist guy told me that in the half hour I'd stood there hugging the tree, 10,000 proletariat babies had cried and died of starvation already. The BBC were mourning dead babies again for a country complicit in the construct of the horror that killed them. I think they thought that I thought tree hugging would bring about the demise of capitalism. 
would lead the poorals into revolution, the slaves into exodus. Fuck. If only such a blessing could be bestowed on us. You see, when I hug a tree, I hold a vigil of light as bright as any candle lit in solidarity in these days of darkness. And on these marches for peace, believe I'm marching for those babies and all those babies' mothers, and surely I should not forget nature's. 40,000 years war waged against her since agriculture, now it's all about the numbers. Like 5 million, the earth's population before we started raping ancient treasures meant for our children's children's children then. 200,000 years to produce the first billion then. 130 years to produce the second billion then. Just 30 years to produce the third billion and here, 50 years downstream exceeds 6 billion miles to feed. Forgive me if these storms of anxiety have got me hugging fucking foliage in the woods. My moods fall out of cycle when men start talking about strip mining the moon. Our wombs may be the only green mile left to walk soon. And should I bear condemned fruit just to walk that mile without shoes to launch at the ancient oil rigs? The festering mountains of nukes their ancestors murdered and took their own lives with. But do not wish this over sentimental pitch to extinguish the facts. Are so scary I'm barely sleeping. How can a planet covered in saplings give sustenance to us like the rainforest? Reforestation affords no salvation for this generation, nor the next, nor the next, nor the next. Would we expect a newborn child to feed, clothe, and nurture its grandparents? Do we expect that the pesticides in the soil and sky aren't slowly wiping us out like the parasites attacking the state-sponsored sterile seeds sown in our fields? Would we expect one woman to yield enough milk to feed all the starving babies of the world? Our so good government is suddenly sticking its green fingers up our proletariat arses. Threatening us with charges if we don't fill up the recycling bucket, sticking that ridiculous contamination tape over our blue bins to shame the neighbours. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The only thing green within a system based on capitalism is the G's. So when I'm hugging trees, I'm hugging an endangered species that can't quite rightly run away from me in fear. I'm trying to give one humble word of thanks for an outstanding job done under such bondage. I'm trying to say sorry for my vanity. Sorry we appreciated Santa Claus much more than you who showered us in treasures every day like photosynthesis to take the poison from our breath. Coal, oil, topsoil, the ancient tree root water pump system, everything we need to eat, to breathe, to create heat, to procreate is going the same way as the 300 acres of rainforest felled and the time it's taken to recite this stupid poem. I know we're all endangered species now. We've never felt so alone. So utterly helplessly disgusting in our own skins. Our own tombs are chosen and our family graves are dug now. So fuck it. If you catch me wrapped around your Scots pine, I don't care about your waved eyebrows, shouts, whispers and sniggers. That shit's the kind of shit that got us here in the first place. And if we can't even hug our trees without vanity. Well, thank you very much. That was Poetry Chicks with Death of a Tree Hugger. Make sure you Google them. Check them out on YouTube and uh, get to know them and their work better. They're amazing, absolutely amazing. All right, so, guys, uh, this is what you can expect tonight if you're on hold. First of all, if you would like to call in and read this evening, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We do take callers in the order that you call in. 
such as area code 540 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I do bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important to have your name attached to your work and people know who's reading while you're reading. And then right now it looks like we can do... Uh, let me take a look at the lines. It looks like we can do... Actually, let me do this real fast because we kind of got full lines, but not, not horrible, bad full lines. I want to let area code... 575, area code 850951, Skype caller, and 562. Know that you are not in the lineup right now. If any of you guys wanted to come on the air live and talk with me and share your poetry this evening, press 1. That will put you in the lineup. Otherwise, if you're here just listening and enjoying the show, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, once again, that is area code. That's from those. Listen one more time. 850-951. Skype caller and 562. So if you guys want to come on the air, just press 1. If you change your mind and you want to come on at any time, press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. Ready? So we're going to start out doing, you can do two poems, guys, but let's it, don't make them super long poems. So you can do like, you know, one long normal, normal poem or two short poems in the same time frame. Uh, be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you. Try to keep your reads right about five-minute mark. And then when you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. That way people can come over and find you and get to know you and your work better. And then remember that we do have a mature rating, which means you're bound to hear just about anything, and you probably will, with the exception of hardcore erotica, no adult porn poems, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you are good to go. So once again, let's go ahead and give our first, I'm going to go ahead and give our first three callers. Uh, as I said before, 540 is our first caller. Then we have 718-832. Then I also want to let area codes 951, our Skype caller, and 562 know that you are not in the lineup. Any of the three of you want to come on? Press 1, Skype caller. When I get to you, I may just bring you on anyway, just in case you can't press 1. So if you don't want to talk to me and I bring you on and you hear it say, unmuted, <laughs> just don't say anything. All right, you'll be cool. We'll never know. All right, let's go ahead and bring on our first caller for the evening. Area code 540, are you with me? This is Phil Church down in Virginia. Hey, sweetie, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I am just a flustered wreck today. <laughs> Can you tell? Oh no, no, you're you're you 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 uh, you don't show it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, now I know why you're a writer. You're very good at making up stories. <laughs> uh, get you some animal crackers and some coffee and. <laughs> No shit. <laughs> you know, it's really funny because I, I, you know, I always talk about free writing, right? And at the uh, on what was it? Friday, Saturday? Was it Saturday? It was Saturday. There was the full moon, which was also a very rare blue moon um, in the month of May, uh-huh. and it was also the full moon was in Scorpio, and that was all on May 18th, which was my birthday, right? 
So all this stuff's going on, and and I'm sitting there, and, you know, I'm just, the whole day, I'm just, like, crawling out of my skin. So, I mean, just antsy, antsy as heck. I couldn't figure out why. And then I found out it was a full moon and the rare blue moon flowering thing with, you know, also called milk moon, and it's blue, and there's flowers growing from it, I guess. I don't know. But I sat down, and I started writing this. I was going to post a Facebook message, and it just ended up on this big tangent free write. And it's really funny because there's been people that have commented on it, and I can tell the ones that have read the whole thing and the ones that haven't. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the ones that comment on it, and then, you know, they say, oh, you know, whatever, and you know, and and I can tell from the comments who actually read the entire thing. So the reason I tell you guys why it's so important to free write, and I want you to think about when you're writing stuff, when you write something that's really fun. Um, excuse me for a minute. We're going, I'm going on a tangent here. Uh, but when you write something really fun and there's a line that you write that, that you really like, th- play with that line, you know? So in the post that I made, in this free write that I was doing, had I not been free writing, I would never have written this line, right? But because I sat down and just decided to free write and just put whatever crap was in my head on paper, I actually wrote this sentence. It's shaped like a moon. And it looks so good, it makes me want to put it on a pillar, light candles, and touch myself while spouting off naughty limericks. <laughs> okay. Now, this, that's just one line in this whole tangent that I wrote, that which, which was basically a free write. You know? <laughs> so, who would, first of all, who would write a line like that? Who would expect to hear a line like that? How fun is a stupid line like that? But then people leaving normal comments in a post with a line like that. No, they wouldn't let that go. It's just funny. Uh, but, oh. Around here, the only thing we put on our is in our head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about touching ourselves, but I guess we do that a lot, too. <laughs> Makes you wonder, though, right? Why'd she write that sentence? I bet a bunch of you are going to go read that post now or reread that post I remember, now. Yeah, I remember... Uh, <laughs> MC Hammer said, uh, you can't touch this. I said, well, I don't want to. You know, the status on his DNA test has gone from whatever the hell it was, uh, extracting data to now they are analyzing data. So I should have the results on his DNA test back any day so I can find out how much wolf he is. Um, oh, cool. I, I feel like an expectant well, mother, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. One of my two poems tonight is, uh, uh, last week I told you I had another wolf poem, but I couldn't dig it out, so I dug it out. That's one of the ones I'm going to read for you tonight. Oh, awesome. Okay. Go ahead okay. when you're ready, and baby. It's a, it's a metered sestet, so it's, it's six lines, the stands of six lines, and I metered it at uh, 15 syllables per line. And uh, it's, you've probably heard heard it before, but uh, the subject matter. But uh, it's called The Two Wolves. There's a long-held belief within Native American lore that two wolves fight over our hearts in a never-ending war. One wolf is evil filled with hate, greed, lust, pride, and self-pity. The other is good, filled with love, truth, hope, joy, and empathy. Their wars revealed in all of us by our choice of word and deed. And the wolf, which will always win, 
is the wolf we choose to feed. In Poland. No, you have read that before, and I that is probably one of my absolute favorite poems that that you've shared because first of all that is a true that is a true Native American or uh, indigenous person belief. You know, we have right. two wolves inside of us, a dark a black wolf and a white wolf. You know, and we are kind of like the yin and yang make our whole of that black and white uh sides of us which are represented in the wolf. And so knowing wow. this and 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 having that very much, you know, a lot of my writing is written right on that edge of that those two places. And so I know that separation. You know, so that that just really it absolutely resonated with me. I thought it was a fantastic write. Just awesome, honey. Oh. Well, thank you. You know, getting back to you talking about uh, you got that line that you did and, and uh, these crazy lines that we write sometimes and how they kind of stick with us. I'll, uh, I'll tell you a secret. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're talking about I might do some workshops, and um, which I'm, I'm still working on that, by the way, doing the recording. But uh, uh, lessons, basically, and in, in how to write certain types of poetry and whatever. And as, you know, we've talked before, I'm a songwriter, too, So uh, to write lyrics. I'm a lyricist. So uh, I'll tell you one of the secrets, especially to writing like a pop song or a country song that um, I've kind of latched on to, and um, it's, it's colloquialisms, you know, little sayings like... Uh, uh, I was talking uh, with uh, uh, someone once, and uh, their their husband kept calling them all the time. And every few minutes, and I said, uh, well, "What does he think you're cheating?" And she goes, "Yeah, but I'm too tired to cheat." Well, <laughs> too tired to <laughs> cheat, you know. Right? That, that that that's country song that writes itself. Um, <laughs> it is. That is awesome. So, and, and then uh, you know, I've read on here. Uh, uh, let the low end drag, uh, things like that. So the, the trick that I've used is is to take a colloquialism, just a saying like that, like, uh, you know, you bet your sweet bippy or just anything, that, and that becomes the title of your song and the last line in your chorus stanza that you refrain, the chorus you refrain throughout the song. And uh, uh, all you got to do then to build your chorus is to work backwards and, you know, have the line before that last line, whatever your, your colloquialism is, like let the low end drag, it's got to rhyme with that. So mine is, uh, you know, if if the, the heat's too high and your boss is a nag, just let the low end drag. So uh, and there you've written half a four-line chorus. <laughs> so there's my little tip. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and it works with them, too. You know, if you find yourself saying something or if you, if there's uh, someone that you love, that that's, you, you, they always say things like, uh, every time you say, I love you, and they go, I love you more. Uh, you know, uh, you, you could write a poem about that or, or, or whatever. And uh, just any kind of little colloquialism, anything that uh, you, you, you hear people saying all the time, uh, turns out to be dollar nice to donuts, poem. someone does that. Well, dollar to donuts, yeah. <laughs> Broke it with a stick. Oh, so you're just the cat's meow. Oh, there you go. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Or the cat's so, yeah, you, 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 you got all those little uh, mental juices are flowing now. So, uh, 
the, the, I want to do this next one real quick and let somebody else have a chance. Now, uh, I'll, I'll give you a little, uh, just a quick background. Uh, my first true love uh, uh, was in high school, and uh, we never found out what we would would have been together because uh, uh, my family was forced to abruptly move from where we lived, and uh, it was a, a very, uh, you know, a, uh, basically we were just ripped apart. And uh, so uh, throughout the, the decades, uh, uh, we tried to keep tabs of each other, I guess, as far as, you know, she said she always looked for me in bookstores to see if I ever ended up being a writer and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, through social media, uh, we reconnected. And uh, she she had uh, recently lost her husband. He passed. And um, as you know, my marriage uh, broke up. So me and mm-hmm. her have been talking. You know, uh, just but if nothing else, uh, she's she's kind of turned back into uh, someone just super important in my life. Uh, uh, her uh, uh, husband was a, 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 a fantastic guy. Uh, he passed away from the same uh, dis- disease that I have, and she. Uh, uh, she worked with him and, and, and nursed him and, and took care of him, and she so she has like an encyclopedic knowledge. Uh, so she's been a tremendous help to me. I honestly believe that one of the reasons I made it through this past winter was because of her advice and all. But uh, so I, I wrote a poem and I want to dedicate it to her. She's heard it before, but uh, uh, it's called uh, "Seasons of Love." It was autumn when, in the springtime of life, we met. A time of changes. You and I, steeped in the high school Americana of teenage love ranges. Yes, it was love, as true as any love could be, from first sight to last bad gifts. For it was a love of youngsters, and so fragile, and, alas, so bound to go amiss. Ripped, torn, and forced from love's sweet embrace, The world parted our ways, but held deeply within that ember of love remained as life moved phase to phase. As decades mounted, it was that love and visage by which all others were measured. It would be that loving face, laugh, golden hair, and vibrant spirit that was treasured. It was in winter when, in the autumn of life, we met again. With our lives changed. You and I lived our lives in a world so bereft of love, where so many are estranged. And so, with a sense of nostalgia and happiness, we know how well we've done. Our song of love was interrupted, but not the love itself, as now a new season for that love has begun. And I dedicate this to Liv. Liz, I love you, Liz. So, uh, and we love again, you Paula. too. I hope she's listening. I think she is. She she listens to all of them. I think. <laughs> oh, we love her too for taking such good care of you because we love you so uh, much. I tell you, I really honestly do. I I, I believe with all my heart that it uh, was uh, her uh, advice and, and direction helping me with some things. It's really made a big difference with me. So. Uh, that's it for tonight, and I will definitely, 
I'm going to be working on the recordings for that workshop for you, and uh, okay. <clears throat> we'll get those to you uh, in the next couple of days. All right, baby. I appreciate it so much. It's going to be great. I hope so. I'm going to do a good job for you. <laughs> All right. Tell everyone how to find you again, honey. All right. It's Philip Church. You can get me on social media there on Facebook. Uh, send me a friend request. Uh, my work is on Amazon, Philip Kent, K-E-N-T, Church, Amazon.com. Just search and you'll find all my books. And, uh, you know, uh, my kids need shoes and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't be afraid to, to, uh, to, to buy a bunch for your friends and relatives. So, all right, there's my plug, and I will try to, uh, I'll try to get back to you next week. All right, baby. Love you, honey. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right, let's go ahead and bring on our next caller, which comes from area code 718. 718, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Nyla. How are you doing? It's Jim Hart in Brooklyn. Hey, Jim. It's great to hear from you, honey. I'm doing great. Good. Um, I have uh, two poems this evening. Uh, The first one is encumbrance. How many times did I salt the tears of my mother's worrying sorrows? The drinks, the drugs, the fights, all too often. And the neighbors of perfect offspring filled only with due diligence concern reporting back to her smiling secretly at her one out of four hot boy failures, her wringing hands revealing her concern and disappointment, watching me, father lost, stagger through new beginnings of debauchery and decay, finally coming out the other side to a peaceful, good place at a cost as all too often, others had to pay. End of peace. Wow. That was amazing. I love the line. I mean, right from the very get-go, uh, when you saw, when the line salted, what was it, salted my mother's tears. Yeah. You know, and you think about that. I mean, you're just, you're like, you're like peppering a rain cloud. You know, with with the things that you do in your youth, you know, I there's a lot of things that the the whole timeline or the whole sequence of events, the chronological order of everything that you went through, really kind of hits a trigger with me, uh, and and takes me back to my childhood, <laughs> and and uh, makes me appreciate that I think on a much deeper level than you could understand. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess if you make someone think about something, you've done a good job. <laughs> uh, the second That's one is, is uh, called Dug In. It was always about survival. No extras or comfort sort. Bill to bill, paycheck to paycheck. That's the way of the 1950s. Never take a day off. There's always someone to replace you working man two jobs one after the other sure signs of your wife doesn't have to work manhood 
16 hours, not counting travel time, caveman, hunter, provider days. These were our fathers, men who had beat the Great Depression, won the World War, and spent much less time with their wives and children than their foxhole dreams ever foresaw. You know, you really talk, talk to and, and pay forward something very important in that piece. You know, I think that, I think that that one should be heard and heard a lot. Oh, thank you. You know, the whole, I mean, there was both positive and negative. You know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I have to work all those hours to be a man. So I, my wife, you know, the whole, I mean, that was the era when the weight, the weight of the world was on a man's shoulders. I mean, he absolutely carried the whole everything with him. You know. Yeah, the women's rights movement, the whole we work. get to vote, all of that really put man, put men in a really weird position. You know, as we progressed and got more rights, you know, it took these these men that are the product of their forefathers, you know, making them the way they were, you know, and the beliefs and, and all that. It just, you just think about each of those going forward, each of those going forward in that generation, mm-hmm. you know. And, it, <laughs> and And you think about what our fathers did. You know, they're the ones that got through the Depression. I'm a huge history nerd. I mean, you have no clue how bad of a history nerd I am. And I love old photography, so I'm always scouring the internet. I'll type in, you know, depression photos or, you know, 1930s, those type of things and really look at that era, you know, and look at what the world was like during that era. And you think about what our our grandfathers did. You know? Yeah. And then I, and then I I, I look at some of the stupid shit going on in the world right now that the future generations think are important, like, you know, the, the little millennials wearing their little stovepipe pants and trying to convince me that saying the word gypsy now is somehow politically incorrect when I'm, you know, talking about a wanderlust child. You know, you can't just pick a word and say it's a bad word. Yeah, I'm not going to stop saying gypsy, sorry. It's a beautiful yeah, word. Okay, I'm done. You know, I'm done with my I, tangent now. <laughs> Well, what what started the war, basically burning books and taking people's thought rights away. Mhm. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, those are my two pieces. <laughs> you did a fantastic job, Jim. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come and find you, please. Okay, I am on Facebook, Jim Hart. I am also at jimhartpoet.com. I have uh, two poetry collections and two noir detective novels on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all those places you can look up and, and find me. And uh, I'd just like to thank you for being there for 13 years and for keeping people being able to get their work out. <laughs> you know that this has been just an amazing journey with all of you. It's really funny to use a t- detective novel. And the, f- novel. And the first thing I'm thinking is, it's, it's it's a dark, stormy night, the kind of night where it makes the buildings sweat, and out of all of the 
shadows. She walks into my world type thing. Talk slow. I'm writing <laughs> I'm so, that so, down. So, no, so sensating <laughs> you. <laughs> well, well, actually, the, the first detective novel I wrote won an award from uh, from the Mystery Writers of America. So oh, not, bad, awesome. for, not bad for the first try. <laughs> Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me at all with the way that you write. You know, just from what I know of your writing, um, I, I think that's very well deserved. I, I can see that, and congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Facebook page one more time. Facebook page is Jim Hart, and uh, is jimhartpoet.com, and also the four books on Amazon. Very cool. All right, Jim. Thank you, sweetheart, and I hope you can call in next week. Okay, thank you. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you are on the air. Hey, Hello, Mr. Soldier Blue Blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm Soldier Blue and and maybe I'm not. And this is maybe my I'm best. I'm talking board. to a... What? And, and maybe... And maybe I'm the birthday boy tomorrow, and maybe I'm not. You are. <laughs> no, I know you really. are, because your birthday is like, <laughs> you know, almost a week after mine, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> well, we were not, we're not going to really go much further than that. Um, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, I got one. What? No, wait, wait, wait. Are you ready? Oh. Well, no, Happy birthday not, to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Soldier Blue, Blue, Blue. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd never there say you blue, go. Blue, 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 I don't life. know if that was a gift or not, but you got it. <laughs> and once no, it's heard, it can never be unheard. <laughs> there, 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 there you have it. That's it. <laughs> Got that right. So, yes, you can read your palms. Uh, okay. Well, I got a nice cheery one, actually. It's just kind of, you know. Actually, compared to the other two that I just recently was wrote there earlier this couple of days ago, it, it is actually kind of cheery. <laughs> in, in comparison, you would say. Um, anyways, this is just... Uh, yeah, this, I, I'm going to go with Dead Waking as far as, like, what a name, you want to put a name on it. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, name, no name, because he just who cares. Um, it's called Dead Waking. Dead motions of waking, different dreams, breath of a crow, thunder ravages skin, a drum's skin reversed. Offerings of skill, gimlet eyes, thunder dreamer females glitter in the half-made darkness of twilight. Terrible answers reveal their prince as we wake dead to a deadened tone. Death. Tone, earth, 
palm touch of sunshine reveals much. Dance down the grays, touch the dance flat surface of the growing grass. Beshe on khatsi, lumtaska, breath neon, a possible chalice, fragrant with necessity. Essent healing falls from the edge of the bleeding cup. Oha, zehe wegaku. Fingers with the fire, the zigzag tip of hands scarified. The path most resistant, the path most often taken. Broken lightning. The patter of death and awakening, the dripping gilt lines of posture, the red wolf at the tipping of an undone earth. Earth, Moringa, half made, back into her own image, head and heart, who said it was all fun and games. Papa, Thonsi. Clean-limbed, the transition is made. Another sister element gone. Another small death. Yibago. Fury can be the rage of all that leaves us spent and weary. Bah. Who said it was the good work of the day? Death of doing. Someone pushed a whisper into the shattered expanse of silence. I tried to do it. I tried to make the right things happen. It didn't work. Thrill solvent, first flame of an observed era. Size of the sacred wind, the ghost motion of old bones. It is all right, it is all our right. children. We couldn't figure it out either. The dull cup immersion of confusion. Igine. Igine. What shall we say? What shall we do? Dark furies. Glass lines, glass rims of dead stars, topographic fix of skin-covered mind, lies dent the curve of learning, break with synonyms of blood and dying, a beat, dead awakening, dead reckoning, a day of the same, Womba Gita day. Dead dances, languages made for the fire. Beze, another source of energy who said you would be given anything. Fire marks of size and weight, stones that belonged before any of you were born. And you created what? You made things easier for who? Death of knowing. Shadows move home on eat. 
travelers of the night, roots, red wolves, their scent scarlet with fever, foam. Creation knows enough to want not to die. Waking upon the wavering lines of the sun, Gasoline, it is the dawn. And the dead are coming carefully awake. What will you tell them that does not first demand respect? A yearling whale found dead upon the gilt edge of freedom's shore, its stomach packed with plastic all. Yeah, home of the brave dreams, yeah. Kiss my ass. We are the ghost road born, and we know what we see. Bones barely born, already dying. And peace. So... Soldier Blue, mm-hmm. I am not feeling cheered. Well, I said it was more cheery in, in comparative <laughs> than the ones that I wrote earlier. I didn't say it was happy. I was, I was sitting. I just thinking, said it was better. It, did he really? Did he really write a poem with with fluffy bunnies and buttercups? Really, really? No. <laughs> I kept listening for one fluffy bunny. Not one, a, one fluffy bunny in there, Soldier Blue. Not, not in this lifetime. <laughs> and probably not the next either. Okay, go ahead. Hey, you know. No, like I said, the other two that I wrote earlier were like, ooh, that's going to hurt somebody's feelings, but that's tough shit anyway. But no, those two aren't ready yet. I need to, to block them out into a into a chappy book. But I can do at least one of those next week. I don't know if I want to do both of them. Like I said, that would be kind of like smashing something flat on the table and then smashing it again. Like, eh, not really. Sometimes that second smash feels so good. Well, I mean, there, there's, the there's something to be said for the overkill bonus, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's, you know, there's, it's okay for redundancy in some patterns, but uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you can, you can overdo it a little bit. So. Well, yeah, just, uh, but you know. Yeah, hey, hey, you know. You know I me. Mean, I like, I like, I, I, I try, I always try to get you guys to push the, push the envelope a little. <laughs> Well, this oh. this way, I don't think the envelope. I don't think there's an envelope I haven't pushed off on the table, off of the table yet. So, you know, yeah, the uh, table doesn't even just, have legs that's anymore. That's not really a concern. <laughs> huh? I said the table doesn't even have legs anymore. What are you talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that yeah. fifty pound yeah. drop with the sledgehammer kind of gets it, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, go ahead. Do your next one. So. Uh, I really didn't have another one after that one. Oh. I mean, 
I can find okay. one, I suppose, but I really hadn't. Oh, fine. All right. Um, let me see here. I'm just going to pull one. I'm not even going to really look at what it is. Uh, yeah, I guess we can do this one. This is, uh, I don't know. I know what I'm going to do. Well, I'm not going to do it with this. It's not going to be in this one, but I'm going to put it into the next one. I, I don't know why, but I, but all, but every so often there's that that descriptive of the the dingling that's up on the hill, and uh, that was given by one of his outgoing uh, senators, and uh, that always comes kind of come back to mind. <laughs> I really like it. I think it's funny as hell. It's it's a uh, uh, and and you may recall it once I say it here. Uh, uh, Lufa faced Shite Gibbon. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when you write something that just tickles yourself like that? Huh? Hey, I'll tell you what. I can only tell you this, and that is for for me the the colors that I use and that I that I arrange myself in for when I write. Go anywhere from the gross to the sublime, and all points in between. And I ain't about to stop that. Not, I ain't about to stop that yet. So, here this, this one's called uh, Price Tide. Okay. The price of the tide of avarice, an Indian genocide. Crows cry, southbound sun shafted light, gake khotron dagon. Return of those whose bones have been bled white while being bones that became ghost ubekni apparitions shodze botratrok smoke foam from the littered field of the fallen fallow lean drawn woven into crusted hemp raw crushed jute coarse as braided hops of the gallows, pillory, the first build that served the so civilized in their quest to excise ignorance from us all. We, the savages, as red as our earth. Mm. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. Blood love, mon Dust, black shot residue, monsenikhotze, iron ashes, wind-blown catalyst, almost a confession at a murdered backfilled grave. Resonance of distance, etronja, poured liquid white, blue, a fierce flame, boy, who's going to light the fuel on the fire? Bedze, cease. Oh, yeah. Price of the tide of avarice. An Indian genocide. Handcuffed into executions. Bodies in a ditch. The tin glint star. Yuck, got the two more activists. Two young men with futures no more. Bakche. Protect and serve, yeah. Dimes of light, carpet holes of rapid fire, tribal land secured. Watch a man in his car, native 
uniformed North Cali res border towns, sheriff's patrol cars offline behind the limits of jurisdiction death, a preeminent domain. The days Nigaki Wakondagi Great mysteries left to save a life. The price of the tide of avarice genocide files of filled in diamond lives mother of five found in a drowned Ford pickup truck in a lake one mile from home her family survives her psychotic breaks Sega, death of a mind a baby cut from the womb agony that beggars the imagination missing murdered my silenced indigenous sisters the price of the tide of avarice an Indian genocide. Men, women doing dead time. Native blood, red earth, incarceration, inundation by request. Largest growing resident states of USA. We are not all clean. We are not all innocent. We were born with the crook of colonization already around our throats. The weight upon our necks, some of us had no one to tell us what it meant to be a red earth, a human being of the people, Nigashiga. Ancestral bones crippling our feet, broken roots like tripwires. As we try to walk your alien pavement, bone dust, original statutes, bone bond fodder for highways, subways, subdivisions, our death never ending. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. Fourteen years old, female Lakota escaped the benefactor of her enslavement, killed him. But boat whores don't get to go home, yeah? Commerce, the Great Lakes. Now she's doing life for her crime of escape and the Holocaustal charges for being a carrier of future generations, for being born. Say the children, yeah. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. So we cut to the chase, pieces that blaze on an editing floor to the glossed, smiling face douche in public office, his orange hair as mentally challenged as he is. Who wants to reclassify First Nations pickup from Walter Plecker in Virginia, the forms of paper genocide, privatized the scrapland we have been left with as red earth sovereigns of a continent. So his ass kissing, apple polishing cronies, oh, my bad, politicians, butt buddies can finish what corporate America has been working on. Toiling so tirelessly at for so long to make a slit throat corpse of our continent. Sexy. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. We are the ghost road born. We are walking our way home. We whom have sold not one of our ancestral bones, Wamom Shetty. We will stand between you and every one of our loved ones. Nongine, we will stand for our ancestors' bones. Wamompshete. 
the price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. Lonke Ujongi Ubekti. And peace. That was absolutely powerful as hell. That was phenomenal, Soldier Blue. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, now you got to tell everyone how to find you, hon. Oh, you can find me <laughs> on uh, Facebook. Uh, so you see the title or name title, if you will, is uh, Rafe Wild, and underneath in parentheses it says Soldier Blue, and that's me. And you can also find some of my pod work on Red Earth One, on Spotify, and uh, Google, and I, I believe iTunes is carrying it now, too. And uh, uh, you can look me up on YouTube. I got various out there of that and, you know, Reverb Nation. So I'm kind of wandering all over the place out there in cyberspace. <laughs> so um, you're Googleable. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Awesome. All right, sweetie. Are we going to see you next week? Uh, of course. Like I said, I got those stingers in the bucket, in the pocket already. Very cool. All righty, my dear. We will talk to you then. Thank you, Soldier Blue. Yes, ma'am. And thank you always <laughs> for this form and platform for expression. You are very welcome. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Yeah. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Evening, now this is Brother O on the line, calling in from East Chicago, Indiana. Hey, Brother O, how are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It's been an incredible week so far. Same here. Same here. So what did you bring for us tonight? Uh, this is for what you see from Brother or the Zaggy, what you get from him on and off the course he stays. Dedication. Strong work ethic. Desire and passion. Southern nation consistency. And productivity. What you see from Brother O is exactly what you get. On the poetry stage, I'm all about business and focused on the task at hand. While undergoing the transformation from Omar Gavin to Brother O to Devin Mills for Professor Courts. The, fo- the audience focuses their full attention on me as I command their respect by formally announcing my presence in the building. Yeah, I'm that portal who encourages and inspires the people. I'm that portal who always educates and raises awareness of real issues facing our people. And a portal who shares his own unique perspective on love and relationships. But you see from brother is exactly what you get. Yeah, I don't claim to be the coldest or the dopest with the bars. I'm more of a sensual romantic poet, not a neurotic poet. I'm not an expert in word play nor a true wordsmith. I'm not naturally gifted with a loud and dynamic voice or impeccable delivery. Nor do I express 
outward displays of emotion on stage. But you see from Brother Owens exactly what you get. I'm the poetic profession teaches valuable life lessons. I'm a naturally gifted storyteller unique with unique ability to translate my life experiences into poetic masterpieces. I'm that poetic preacher who gives you a true word of God minus the church reaction. I'm a brother who is not afraid to express his views and opinions. I'm a poetic educator called Awaken the Minds of My People. An example of training my adventurous places to continue what I have started. What you see from Brother Oz is exactly what you get. I also forward to change. I'm a very pleasant down earth brother who can who you can have some intelligent conversations with about a wide range of subjects. A brother who you can chill and hang out with. A brother who understands his role and knows who he is. What you see for brother is exactly what you get. I'm a quiet, mild man and reserved brother in real life. Finding clever, compassionate, and loving are amongst my greatest qualities. I'm very reserved and pay close attention to every detail because I'm a perfectionist by nature. I have the special abilities to adapt to any situation like a coyote. And just be comfortable around complete strangers. And I'm a brother with an even kill personality who starts his distractions and feeds his incredible focus daily. Honesty, caring, integrity, truth. I'm that straight shoe who pulls no punches to give you words of correction, in addition to giving you words of timely advice and gems of wisdom. But what you see from Brother Lord is exactly what you get. I'm that brother who's a faithful and dedicated servant with a big heart. My brothers and sisters were less fortunate than me. Yeah, I'm that natural born introvert with the capacity and love and accept people would not ashamed to be different than everyone else in the crowd. Yeah, I'm that brother who loves people for who God created him to be as unique individuals. I'm a brother who doesn't worry about insignificant problems and issues, and a brother who always puts life in perspective. What you see from Brother Owens is exactly what you get. You have no need for frills or fanfare, no applauses or praise. All of the glory belongs back to God. See, I'm a very sensible and practical brother in real life. I don't have a need for an entourage. I stand by myself. Well, I am a brother who has many admirers, fans, and, and loyal supporters. Yet I have a very small circle of true and loyal friends and close family members. What you see from Brother Owens is exactly what you get from him on and off the porch, you say, in poem. And there you've been schooled in Brother O. Fantastic piece, sweetheart. Welcome. 
So do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you, how they can visit with you, how they can show you love. Me and everybody, you can find me on the Omar Brother Gathering on Facebook. And a lot of my original work is uh, posted in my notes section and my page. And as always, thank you for your support on the CEE Cafe this Thursday night. Thank you. You are very welcome, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week, honey. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye, Brother Al. All right. Okay, so I kind of want to let you know, guys, uh, five, uh, 562-951-850, you guys are not in the lineup, so 562-951-850. If you guys want to come on the air, press 1. If you're here just listening, glad you're here. If you change your mind at any time, go ahead and press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. Number to call in, 646-595-3965. We are on a two-palm limit right now, but they have to be semi-short, guys. You know what I'm talking about. So, uh, yeah, two, two, like, norm, normal short palms or one longer palm. Uh, but, yeah, I can do two palms right now. All right, area code 84, excuse me, 484, uh, four, four, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hey, sweetie, how you doing? Fine, this is Roosevelt Jennings, a.k.a. Sideshell. It is good to hear from you, sweetheart. Yeah, usually I'm, yes, spinning, usually. Something <laughs> be going on. <laughs> but I, I got a couple poems for you. Okay. Now this is to every strong woman that bears the burden thinking there. Weakening a man's ego due to the unknown concept of a strong woman will also make a man stronger in association. But when those men look at their reflection and see the weakness overshadowed by the power of a feminine prowess, going from woman that walks the earth to a goddess valued worth, kings try to match dowries before mentalities or even simple science of chemistry. For example, me being a pessimist, I'm constantly trying to retrain my twist to the intimidation that could be a factor as me just being myself with a slight bit of confidence might attract her with word problems. The mathematics of feminine and masculine, I slowly start to decipher. Now, this inspired by Caleb Harris might have sparked this, but knowing is so many just like her with many dimensions and variation of the situation set a combination of calculations. So men sometimes feel like it's emasculating. Now, as I walk barefoot out of my insecurities, just to see what stands around me beautifully I've nicknamed and wrote poetry about the most beautiful personalities official to every decree. I spoke on each of them, each one humbly, gauging reactions to a degree, 
seeing past with my human eyes and translations as something about their spirit invoked inspiration. <coughs> I've been ready for love since 10 years old. I swear Indy Irie described me and them lines to my memory of conversations with the one person I've always seen in my reflection. I drew a picture of a strong black woman responding to questions from my mother. I wanted her to have a heart just like yours. She'll love me forever. No, mom. She don't have to be this muscular. Then using every word to describe melanin with natural flow of the motherland, Rhonda smiled. I discovered I was laying my own foundation. I'm telling you, there's nothing like falling in love with your best friend. I've been looking for that combination in the woman since then. Broken situations has left me, could have left me broken, even though my life son was stolen, really left me wide open to emotions, expansion over 31 plus rotations. My empty void have partial solutions. Let's say time restraints. I want to lose all control when I meet my mate for my soul. Hopefully when I'm shy, she's bold. Each moment becomes a story to be told. Future wife, from dreams I've reminisced over you, hoping one day you'll look in my eyes and see my points of view. Would love to be so strong that tears fall as I speak thou. Please understand, hopefully in time for my father to be my best man. But only God has plans. I freestyle through it. As unorthodox as I am, wanting time to be perfect is kind of bullshit. So what you do, what you feel, as love ignites a new purpose in peace. That was incredible. Thanks. Absolutely, absolutely incredible sideshow. Thank you so much. Uh, I have a short one for the second one. (laughs) I walk with them when they needed just someone to play them close, to be just a heartbeat away, different than most. And their weakest moment is called innocence. And to them, never speak a false sentence. In remembrance of becoming a teacher, so they know how to paddle this. They know how to battle statistics. Being ambitious with detours, I became the feature figure, a father that stepped in to deliver a secret element to the mixture. I heard every word of those days. Each word bonded me to something timeless. Love barely spoke, but fearless in my actions and what I represent. And how intense as 007 adjusted his confidence. Then the IQ grew incredibly in the quiet genius. Then the extended into the one that's more like me 
than ever been blended to the point my pessimist views of the world might have forced some lost trust but never in what was us could never rest I seen their pressures of life change the equation non-biological chemistry the myths of love we lived through giving 10 plus positivity beneficial adversity these reactions that would come in the past who would have knew I still dream about times I fell in love with each and one of you. Now, how long does it last? In peace. You know what? It is like Christmas when you call in. (laughs) I absolutely, absolutely am such a huge fan of your poetry. It is unreal. And, uh, I'm really, really glad when when the universe aligns and you're able to call in and share with us. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. You need to tell everybody how they can come over and shoot your friends' requests, get to know your work, you better. Um, I'm Roosevelt Jennings on Facebook. I have a poetry page, Twisted Mind of Sideshow. And um Sideshow nineteen oh thirteen on Instagram. I write a lot so I post a lot of poems. So you can send friend requests, follow me, whatever you feel. Awesome. All right, baby, fantastic job tonight. Loved it. Both of them. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye, hon. Bye bye. And we've had a fantastic show tonight so far. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller, area code 575-575. You're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Levi Miracle hailing from New Mexico. Hey, Levi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing tonight? I am doing absolutely wonderful. That's awesome. I'm so glad I can make it tonight. I haven't been able to make it for... Long time, so. <laughs> well, we are glad you are here. What'd you bring us tonight, hon? I brought you two pieces. Um, they're um, well, pretty self-explanatory. One, the first piece I'm going to read you is entitled um, "A Love Story," and it was uh, previously published in Yenoya Review and Nowhere Journal. And it goes like this. Be calm. Don't panic. Well, remember the Copenhagen stain on your scorts I left. The code of faux fox for freedom I bought you and you became a queen's ego for a Wednesday. Remember the comatose sidewalk you remember tripping on, falling for, as if embracing your downside, as if forgetting your loyalty to me. Stay calm, don't panic, you said. As if love were a replacement for a plaything. As if acorn squash with brown sugar and a glass of red chateau wasn't your favorite meal. As if our first kiss meant as much to you as the passing of leaves. A portrait of a stranger, the cabbie forgetting his fare. Keep calm, don't panic, you said. Because love is a camel toe, 
an intriguing pocket of desire. Look, but don't touch, you said. Smell, but don't taste, you said. But a plump apple will always look delectable. I remember the fog that day. As thick as the water, as coarse as latex paint, as smooth to breathe as your hair after you've been jogging. But there was no fog in the air. Only the blink pink of midnight sonnets, the spice of decompressing poetry, melancholy time. If the Bible were our sex book, God would absolve me of sins in my reproductive democracy. Spit on me and I'll bleed. Kill me and I'll forget your laughter. Fuck me one more time and I'll never speak of this again. Be calm. Don't panic, you said. Be calm. Don't panic? Well, remember the fog is forever in my favor, and our love story is forever a fairy tale never read. Be calm. Don't panic, I say. In peace. That absolutely just blew my mind. Well, thank you. <laughs> that was yeah, fantastic. I- the entire thing, start to finish. I was just absolutely mesmerized. Well, thank you. I wrote that about mm, four years ago. And it's it's currently been published in about four different places, but, you know, reprints. I first published it in a Nowhere Journal, and then I reprinted it several other times after that. So. Well, it's amazing. I, it definitely deserves and needs to be out there. I thought it was fantastic. What's the other one you're going to read for us, hon? It is actually a spoken word piece, and um, the title is actually the first line of the poem. So, go ahead and read it for you guys tonight. To the 25-year-old bully at work who thinks God hates me too, this one is for you. Your hands remind me of Hitler's. The way you parade them around the office, high-fiving your white, heterosexual friends as if saluting a bunch of neo-Nazi fifth graders at a playground. You walk with a strut around the office as if goose-stepping is a form of masculinity people actually find attractive. Well, (laughs) I don't. You claim God is on your side. Yet your fists are like anvils when you place them on my desk, as if pressing down on my chest while you test the waters of this bisexual parasite, trying to scare me into a submissive river of righteousness, yet I will not sink into your murky, cowardly waters. I will not baptize myself into your false beliefs. You see, I can smell the white supremacy on your breath, and your homophobic tongue lashes out, So often, I can taste the leftover bits of flesh from backs of others you have beaten in the air. And when you walk into a room, a haze of forgotten gaze still lingers in the atmosphere. But I will not fear you. Nor will I swallow your shotgun barrel fingertips every time you point them in the direction of my lips to hush me in hopes the back of my head flies off. No, I will not back down. 
I will stand up for every homosexual, bisexual, transsexual, and lesbian soul you've ever trampled over. Stand up for those who you serve guns for eyes and bullet-like stares for the main course. Stand up for the ones you treated like subservient humans. With you, the delusion of wanting to rid the world of our kind, as if we were a kind the world needs rid of, as if because we love a different way than you do. You can justify your cruelty with the loyalty you have for the cause, a cause you actually believe in just because someone else is different. Tell me, does your God believe in your cause? Does your God justify your acts as biblically humane because the Bible says God created us all in his image? And I'm imagining God is waving a pride flag right now, sporting all the colors of the very rainbows he created. And I believe he is looking down on you like you look down on us with the disgust you so rightly deserve because I serve a God of color. I serve a God of differences. I serve a God worthy of praise because he created us too in his image. And if you believe that that image is a gay one, then go ahead. Hate on us all you like, but my God is a happy God. Happy with this bisexual man he created in his image, and I'm proud to say I am his child. So, to the 25-year-old bully at work who think God hates me too, Fuck you. You and Hitler can enjoy the afterlife together, high-fiving and saluting your death away, but I am going to be with God when I die in his rainbow sky forever. In peace. You know, that, that piece made me angry. It made me want to go find that guy and jump up on his desk and scream, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <You know? laughs> yes, I know and, what and you mean. And then ask him, ask him these two questions. You know, how can God judge mm-hmm. if He doesn't make mistakes? That is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's like and, He and doesn't. He doesn't judge us. As how as, am I as, broken? Um, yeah. If I'm perfect in Christ. Mhm. Absolutely, and I try. Try to preach this point every time I get a chance because I'm, I just feel so deeply about it and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's not it's not fair to think that just because you are gay or a lesbian or transsexual or whatever, you can't love God and God can't love you back because it says so in the Bible. Well, I don't believe that, so. See, I don't even believe in labels. I won't even put a label on myself. You know, I just say no. I'm greedy. <laughs> I'm greedy. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you gotta be. You gotta be. <laughs> but oh, oh, Levi, it was so good to hear from you, sweetheart. I would give anything. I know in the it's world been far too long. If you could call in more often. I know, and I will really try. It's been far too long. I swear. I mean, it has. It has. I'm I'm breaking out in hives. I'm just so happy right now. Oh, uh, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, honey. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. Yes, um, I'm Levi Mir- Levi J Miracle on uh, Facebook, or you can find me at um, the Poetry and Writings of Levi J Miracle. That's my page on Facebook, and I'm, 
you know, all over the web. I've been in magazines and, you know, journals, different things like that, you know. And uh, you can find me there. And, uh, yeah, enjoy reading me, and I enjoy being on here. And thank you, Nyla. You are darling for always. You are darling for always um, um, offering to for me to come on this show, and I just appreciate it. And I wanted to say thank you. Well, you are my treasure. You're one of those cool little, beautiful rocks I keep in my pocket all the time and pull out, and I think about you once in a while and what's going on with you. And you know, you're just you're just one of those those gems for me in my life. So I appreciate you, honey. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> all right, we'll talk you to you soon. You have a good night. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 346. 346, you're on the air. Good evening. Hey, Amelia. What you doing, sweetheart? Uh, Falling asleep, listening. No, <laughs> just play. <laughs> That's okay. I'd be able to fun and wake you up. Or I would be hearing you snore, and then that, you know, what good would that do? <laughs> you, did, did I? You know, remember when I went to New York and I got, well, I was so sleep deprived, but I called the show, but you opened my, because another poet was listening, so they told me that. You opened my mic and it was silent. Was I snoring or was it completely No, honey, silent? you were not snoring. You absolutely were not snoring, no. I'm not oh, saying okay. that that hasn't happened where I've unmuted someone before and they've fallen asleep in queue. But, no, it was not you. Yeah, I, I'll never forget that because I was so exhausted and I'm sitting there <laughs> waiting in queue. And the next thing I know, I wake up and, and the phone is dead and... So I called a friend, and they're like, oh, yeah, she came to you, but you were asleep. So what are you telling me, Amelia, is basically you've slept with everybody on the show. There, uh, Yes, exactly, that's it. <laughs> now that is spreading inspiration, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. I love you too, darling. Um. I have invited somebody who's listening. They're just listening, but uh, hopefully one day soon they'll open their mic and um, it'll be a treat. But for right now, they're they're hiding in the shadows and they're listening. That's so okay. Shout Sometimes out it's nice to, to get your bearings. Yes. So shout out to you. You know who you are. Okay, so this piece is called Lament. The years have slipped by. Her youth spent in violent love affairs. Jealousy, power, control was the diagnosis. Beaten so badly, her body permanently damaged. Pain daily as she glides through life, never complaining or being negative. Her heart, mind, and soul forever vandalized, left with nightmares of what was striving to heal 
look into the Bible, the Holy Trinity, for the deep cure. She searches for a real love that would hug her broken pieces back together again. A love that looks past her outer beauty and sex appeal to the soul that lives within. A man to cherish who she is in her intelligence. He is what she desires most of all. Yet, time after time, fogs of various types hop up to her, claiming to be her long-awaited king, the man her heart pounds for, the song of her soul. Just another disappointment. Fogs are many and devious. In their ways, attempting to steal from her, her money, her sex, her standings, her royal crown. So she waits and waits as the minutes, hours, days, weeks. Months, years, click past on the clock of time. Will her king ever find her? As the distance of time grows longer and longer, it is looking very much like he won't. Time waits for nobody and it seems her destiny is to never know a true love of a man. As the tears drop from her eyes, she makes peace with that realization. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and Peace. Absolutely beautiful, Miss Amelia. Um, so the second piece is called Epidemic of Death. Epidemic of Death. Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Many women have been violently abused, punched, slapped, kicked, pushed downstairs, and the list goes on. Doesn't man know what he is doing? In his jealousy, domination, power, and control, the emotional and physical abuse that men inflict can be so painful. Bitch, slut, 
whore, trash, skinny, fat, ugly. The words are used in the very same way as the physical assault to reduce the female to a devalued human not worthy of love or respect. Our society turns a blind eye to this behavior, even though it kills thousands per year. The women who escape have a very long road in front of them. Pieces of their soul gone, destroyed by him, her body damaged and perhaps will never be the same, her emotions corrupted by his words. Most of the time, these women must look deep inside themselves to find the healing and strength to continue on by themselves. The attitude of many men is, huh, what did you do to deserve that? Blaming the victim for the savage treatment she had to endure. A man that is an abuser needs absolutely no reason without provocation to attack. It is about power and control over another human, one that is weaker than themselves in muscles. It actually takes great strength, determination, and intelligence for a woman to stay alive and keep her sanity through these onslaughts of violence, verbal, and physical, and to eventually escape. Most must face homelessness, poverty, and the disgrace from their family and friends. They are left to rebuild their entire lives while the abuser walks away with the home, car, job, and friends as he blames her for everything, saying, oh, she is crazy. We are, we as a society must be more aware of the signs of abuse and to be compassionate towards these survivors. Not including men must step up to the plate. Stop allowing their friends to degrade women or hit them for any reason. Stop allowing your buddy to say, yeah, she got a smack in her mouth because she's got a smart mouth. I slapped her. Or anything emotionally or physically damaging to a female. Your grandmother, mother, sister, Aunt, niece, cousin, daughter, 
are female, would you actually allow another man to make them feel like less than a human through words or physical violence? Then speak out against it. Do something about it. Help those that are voiceless. Those that are the abusers know exactly what they are doing. They use every trick in the book to keep their victims scared, silent, manipulated, stuck in a violent roller coaster of pain and misery. Help to end this senseless, totally avoidable epidemic of love, of death. Show them love. For more information, please contact the Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. Fantastic and emotional, right, sweetheart? Thank you, darling. You You are very, very welcome. All right, hon. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you. You got me feeling all fuzzy. Uh, You can, you can, you can find me on Facebook under Emilia T. Davis. That's E M I L I A. T-D-A-V-I-S or Poetical Poetical Angel Queen or you can find me right here with Nyla every Thursday night. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Amelia. Great job tonight, honey. Thank you. Much love. Continue successes. Thank you, baby. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 203203. You are on the air. Hey, Nyla. This is Tammy. How are you doing? Hey, Tammy. I'm doing fantastic. How are you, sweetheart? Good, good. I figure I'd call in. I actually was up late. I was up late um, writing a piece last night. So I figure I would read that on the show tonight. Okay. So, so how have you been? Uh, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I've been very busy and uh, all kinds of fun things going on. Oh, awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, I've been staying busy. I'm trying to get back into the poetry stuff, but personal stuff kind of gets in the way sometimes. Um, I actually have this piece. I didn't um, title it, but it's old school Tammy, so I have to let it come through. It this is that piece. It's as if hip-hop slid down a slope. Preverse was once so much better than the Fairweather Friends. In revenge, the mumble rap went on attack to swallow any meaning that tastes just as fine as a five-pound bag of potatoes in a sack. Hip-hop lost the Mac. Mac as in Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison was a head-turner on one track swearing he was back. Then it was Alejandro O'Connor, a.k.a. Tumex, 
He gave us doctrine, drums, and danger, but old school us understand that from the manger. We are all born with a degree as street smart majors. When you and I see each other out and about, our eyes meet engaged. No words exchanged. A blink of an eye or a nod of a head is agreement, and that's a good morning to a vet. Mono a mano, hand-to-hand combat was the worst that it got. Young people today, born with options, cop a gat as extension of their hand, taking a stand. But what are you all saying? Definitions and concepts have fallen to the wayside, not really abiding by any lines. Even white lines are straighter, and if you really see clearer, so high, give me those bangers. I feel so vulnerable traveling about in the midst of tribe called strangers. Life walks through in shades of black, white, and grays couldn't be more graver. I will always divert to green grass and the sun with no fear of lasers. That's how I live blazing. Living life, no sniffles or strife. Knives are plastic and bent so flexible. And energy recycles in a receptacle. That's my temple. Religion is my truth explained with my pen and pad through my eyes. And every once in a while, I share those words and their wise disguise as metaphors so militant. Just so I won't trip on anything so dilettante, I'm an expectorant to a court. Call me rebel in the trenches. Fuck the wall and the fences. My head nodding to a beat, my neck is breaking because I swear by the ink in my pen. If I got caged in the barrel of my quill with stripes on, I'd still be freer than most men who were given seven minutes to poeticize a message to the world. I never garble truth. I gargle the goop and spit that shit so nasty that the masses had no choice but to hear as they respond so comatose with word. That's a piece. Tammy, that was brilliant. Thank you. I have absolutely missed you like you would not believe. And thank you, by the way, for sharing the link today. Oh, no problem. No problem. I wondered if I could spit one more piece. Mm-hmm. Sure can. I want to I take a piece from my book, Everyday Stories, because I didn't realize how relevant that book would be for years to come. I wrote it in 2011, but we're still going through the same crap. That's the problem with America. We never fix our wrongs. We just continue to make the same mistakes and wonder why we never get better. Um, I want you to pick the title, though. I know you, I've read Slow Down, Son, a couple times, but then I have another one called What is to Come. Which piece would you like to hear? Uh, the second one. Okay. All right, here we go. Death is calling. It's in the air about gray skies. People seek safety, wondering if this is a day they will die. Disease and death make up much the stench. Gators and snakes coming up and attacking, looking to the heavens, asking, does anyone care? People are suffering on our homeland, and one thing I can't understand, we continue to fight in a far-off place that leaves us looking such a disgrace in our own eyes. 9-11 came and went, and help was on the way. Because it was NYC, there was nothing to say. The money capital of the world was in dismay. New Orleans and Weezerville are suffering. Human needs aren't being met, yet we have a damn president who lets the problems become bigger and sends the guards with guns locked and loaded ready to pull the trigger. All this bullshit is just a smokescreen and to take focus from helping people. Deep down, they want to build real estate make it a damn tourist attraction so they drag their feet with aid. 
Who the hell really runs this country? I can't believe how priority is placed on a life and idiots with power choose to add on the strike, making taxpayers pay without shame. People need to rise up and help. The South is in a state of chaos. And what with, and what will come of the situations if they don't get released? Just at peace. Again, fantastic job. Thank you. Absolutely incredible, Tammy. All right, now tell everyone how to find you, sweetie. I have a common name, but I'm easy to find. Tammy Jones on Facebook. I'm Tam I am on um, Twitter. I think I'm Tam I am on um, Instagram, but I'm really not a picture taker. And I have a Tumblr account under Methodical Rage. Thanks, Tyler. Awesome. No problem at all. It's really good to have you here, baby. We'll talk to you soon, Thank okay? You. Take care. Bye-bye, hon. Bye-bye. All right. So we just had our lines kind of mess up a little bit. Um, I've got, I'm going to tell you who I have online right now and what we look at. Let me get this pulled up so I can uh, see where everyone went. So we've got right now, I've got five, uh, five four zero is going to be our next caller. Just so you know, she can be ready. So we have five four zero two five six eight five zero. Then we have nine five one and six. Excuse me, nine five one and five six two. You guys don't have your have your uh, hand up. So if either of you want to come on the air, that's nine five one or five six two. Press one, and we'll be able to get you on. Okay, let's go ahead and bring on. Oh, where did eight? I guess we have 540 as our next caller. What in the heck just happened? Everybody got mixed up. Okay, so let's go ahead and check 540. 540, have you been on? Five four zero. All right. Let's go ahead and mute them. And let's go ahead and grab 256. 256, are you with me? Hey, now, how are you doing? This is Stan. Hey, Stan. What's up, honey? Oh, just a nice, easy-going Thursday night. Just just nice, just easy-going. Everything is good? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just sounds so problem. awesome. It's making, it's making me want to, like, have a... Have a hot lemonade, you know. <laughs> That'll work, yeah. yeah we do, I was uh, trying to invent a really cool-sounding drink real quick, and that's as far as I yeah. got hot lemonade. Well, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> There's always something that can be added to make it even a little hotter or, you know, change its effects. There's always something that can be <laughs> You know, I don't drink that often. I don't I don't drink beer at all. I like red wine occasionally and every once in a while when I go out and everybody's ordering like a regular drink drink, I'll have like amaretto on the rocks maybe because that's a really mm. slow sipping drink. Or I'll get a lemonade with a shot of amaretto and a shot of vanilla rum. And it tastes just like those little lemon squares you would get. From the bakeries, you know those little flat lemon squares, the sweet ones, yummy. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. just like that. Oh, wow. But that's maybe once a year, if that. I probably haven't had one in like three years. Now I'm really wanting one. Now you just pop yourself one. into it. There you go. I love you know I don't I don't like getting I love the taste of it, but I don't like the alcohol in it because I'm not a drinker you know I'm not I don't I don't drink because it gives me a buzz or or anything like that you know I like the taste of red wine once in a while with something like with steak but now I really want one of those. I hear you. So Stan. Yes. <laughs> so you've you've had a good week, and you've got yes. a couple of poems to read for us, and tell us why you picked those poems. Well, the one I'm picking now is because I was listening to uh, Levi. I was listening uh-huh. to Amelia, and uh, this just this last Tuesday on the Hurt Locker. We were dealing with the subject of bullying. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to throw this thing down on my list. And uh, this is a piece I wrote for that broadcast. Uh, and the title is Observations Defective. Case 1. They, a gaggle of same feathered birds, flock together imagining they're all that. See someone unique in their foe superiority, as feral pack the evolves then attack. Their self-image a false front of self-worth, as they're a homogenized group, same old same. No self-respect, not unremarkable, and we use denigrating critiques, no self-respect, just self-delusional and lame, thus mentally defective. Case 2. He struts like the cock of the walk, though more prick, puffed up via ego and macho swaggering gait. He intimidates the weaker, never challenges a peer, if truly brave, why the need to compensate? Such a big badass, so wrapped up in false image, imagines courage in playing on weak with bombast. Truth, fears can't measure up as a man, a coward. No real pride, just a delusional fake ass. Thus, mentally defective. Case 3. His imagined sexual prowess, more homophobic fear, believes he's a stud, though in truth has little to show. He is his masculinity suspect, only way he can score is if he can meet and the going rate of a pro. In the workplace, he holds some authority, believes to advances and underling will stay placid. Leverage hides the real fear that if he approached as a peer, his delusional prowess would prove flaccid, thus mentally defective. Conclusion The observations of the subspecies bully. My opinion condensed and simply said. 
all engaged in bullying of similar qualities, proven, gutless, heartless, and fucked in the head, a.k.a. mentally defective, in peace. That was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. It, to, to me, this is this is the the parasitic uh, actions of an individual or a collective in an attempt to bolster their own self worth by denigrating someone else's, and that's simply an act of a coward. I've never understood that. I've never understood doing that to someone. It's not. It just doesn't make sense to me. How 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 that could even be fathomed? Or, or you, you're talking about you're talking about that poem, and then I'm listening to it, and a question that was brought up to me recently. Um, someone asked me, you know, when when did you feel the safest in your life? And this was a conversation maybe two three years ago, and they they asked me, you know, when when did you feel the safest in your life? And I sat there and I thought about it for a long time and it's like I've never I've never felt safe and it made me think how sad that was to be able to say that about even my childhood because someone should feel safe in their childhood they should have that foundation of safety you know but in your piece I was hearing reflections of that I was hearing reflections of that that part of me that related to it that the bullying you know isn't always some asshole out there. Sometimes it's the people that are supposed to love you the most. You know, just the depths of the damage that can be done there. That piece was just really strong for me. Well, see, that's what I really, really the reason I decided to say, you know, because I just actually wrote that for the, you know, the broadcast. But after Mm -hmm. hearing Levi and Amelia, I thought, you know what? This is a message that needs to be out there. These are not brave people at all. These are actually pretty pathetic, weak individuals who feel the only way they can bring themselves up to even just feeling normal is by lowering someone else beneath them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the only way they can even make themselves feel normal. And that's not scary, and that's not something that I should have pity for. Because the first thing they should have learned is, look, if I'm going to have any respect, the first I have to have is my own self-respect. There is no self-respect in putting someone else down because you do not go up. Mm-mm. Nope. That's it. Simple. Nothing about you that you don't like will improve by projecting that on someone else, it doesn't work. Take a lot to get people to understand that, though. True. <laughs> Not an easy sell. And if they do try to sell it, don't always trust them. It's just yeah. that there's my two cents worth. <laughs> I agree. All right, Stan. Fantastic job, sweetheart. 
and I have homework. Do you have homework? I would love to hear your homework. I have homework, and I tell you the homework I got for you. Do you remember when we were speaking about voices? And you gave me the homework of writing a piece where I have in it, if I have voices in my head, I want them to be yours. Yes, yes, I remember. Okay, do you remember posting a prompt? Four marvelous words, tangled in the tapestry. Mm-hmm. This homework has both of them. I'm excited. Okay. This is always you. In the dawning of solitude's day, sunrise awakens laments in your absence. Gentle morning winds transport specter memories tangled in the tapestry of images. Always you. Their breath on breezes, your whispers. Invade the ear, cause hopeful pause, only to fall to the absence of you as substance. If I have voices in my head, I want them to be yours. If a vision inflame my heart, always you. Scent of skin and passions must fill my nostrils, farther ascending, always you. The flavor of body salt and the flowing sensual wines, always you. The rampage of our volcanic mood in primal tones and slapping skin, always you. Afterglow of soul's joy and sexual meditation and connection, always you. Lost without you. A mundane day heads to a close. The memories tangled in the tapestry of images released at sunset. Only to return to taunt at light's end. Sensual shadows in erotic dreams. Always you. In peace. Okay, that had me all kind of like tingly and then sad and then kind of scared. <laughs> that, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I, seriously, there's parts of it where it's like, oh, this is just really, this is kind of nice. I, could, I, I need a cigarette now. And then it's like all of a sudden, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, this, sounds, this is kind of sad, actually. And then it's like, okay, that part really scared me right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the whole point. This is a guy who's who's basically he's going through his he's going through the, the the basically the process of mourning the loss of his love. She's gone for whatever reason. She's gone, but he's still haunted by her memory, both in the daylight hours and then as shadow inspectors that visit him at night, and it's always her. I thought that was fantastic. You get like five gold stars on your homework. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. 
<laughs> All right, and tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. You can find me, of course, on my Alicia's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, sometimes earlier in the evening, if I'm lucky, uh, you might catch me on the Get Down on Epiphany Radio, which comes on a little earlier than Our Lady here, Nyla. Uh, you can find me in the anthologies of the 2017 and 2018 World Poetry Open Mic Anthologies. I am also in the Outlaw Poetry We're in Cahoots Anthology, all of those on Amazon. And you can also find some of my work in the Garden of Poetry and Prose, which is an anthology group, and also in another group called Poetry of the Springs Embrace. And that'll be about it. Fantastic. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Great job tonight, hon. My pleasure, and on to the next. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next caller comes from area code 850. 850, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Uh, this, this, this is Mike Angus, Pensacola. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, sweetheart. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, for another day, you know, hey, doing good. <laughs> had a pretty good I show would love tonight. to hear what you brought. Day. What's that? So I had a really good show tonight. I mean, a lot of good posts on there tonight. I love some of the early points. Oh, and I'm definitely... I'm definitely looking up that Death of a Tree Hugger that you first played. I love that. that Isn't was awesome. that wonderful? Yeah, poetry. Yeah, uh, it's kind of, my, my speakerphone stinks, so it's like I, I was missing a few words. But I want to try to pull it up on my uh, computer tomorrow and have it on some good speakers. Now you can it. find it on YouTube, Death of a Tree Hugger. Well, yeah, but I still have the, the speak, phone speaker. Well, no, no, but never mind, never mind, never mind. And you can listen to it on the show's archives too, for that matter. Yeah, well, I'll Google it tomorrow. Especially if it's on YouTube, it'd be a video. I'd like to watch that. So, or, you know, just, just click on the show. Just click on, on the link for today's show, and it'll play for you at the beginning of the archive. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like I said, one of those days for me. Hey. <laughs> uh, we love days like this. <laughs> Hey, everything but the heat. I didn't write the heat. We got had a heat index of like 104 or 5 today, and they're saying it's going to get worse for the weekend. So, Wow. I will probably be sitting in the river most of this weekend, staying cool. That actually but, uh, sounds no, what, what, what I brought tonight was the one I wrote this weekend, uh, the fourth poem I've written in three weeks, Nyla when I haven't been writing anything for a while. So I'm kind of psyched up about that. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, well, I think you, you probably read it. It's a piece that, piece that was on my page. Uh, okay. And honestly, only for the simple reason that nothing else stepped forward and volunteered, this is called On Another Note. April has its fool's days, readily assigned, while May just lets them run free, open to the public mind. Anyone can volunteer who feels the public need, who feels the need to serve, 
public good whose sanity depends on the absurd. Well, I volunteered yesterday. Went to bed Friday night, slightly drunk, everything fairly normal. I woke up the next morning, started the coffee, put on my shoes, and stepped out into a beautiful day. A day so beautiful that it had to be Sunday. So, Sunday it was, for me anyway. Everything I felt, everything I did, every word, every thought, belonged to Sunday. I went through the whole day believing. When I laid down that night, I felt at peace, happy. Thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. Same time tomorrow. And I went to sleep dreaming. I woke up this morning, started my Monday routine, girding myself for the dragons of the day, and stepped out into another glorious Sunday morning. Happy Groundhog Day, Michael. That's one way to get a long weekend. And you know, God must be a Bill Murray fan, because I swear I heard chuckling off in the distance. End of peace. <laughs> I love the ending, and then you say the Bill, you're Bill Murray fan, and I'm thinking about this zombie movie I watched the other day where he's a zombie in it. He got that. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, well, he got to, Yeah, I cracked up at that part. That was just, oh no, you shot Bill Murray. <laughs> exactly, Bill Murray is a zombie. How can you not love that? I'm so glad you've seen it. Oh, because I'd have been really dumb of me if you hadn't have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, oh yeah, that's awesome. I've always been, been a Murray fan. I mean, uh, Ghostbusters and all that, all the other side ones he did. Love me humor. That's what can the man I say? that made me never look at a spatula the same way ever again. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> you, but yeah, but no, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so psyched up that I'm writing again. I mean, I just. I've, I've got several pieces, I mean, pictures ready for prompts and all that I want to start working on. Isn't that nice really that long piece. Oh, I do too. I do too. Mm-hmm. That's why I changed my icon back to a turtle. It's like, hey, I'm feeling the, the currents or whatever, you know? <laughs> going to be sea turtle again? Yeah, I wish I could change my name to Sea Turk. It's a hell of a lot easier to say than my last name, but you know. <laughs> I know, Facebook right? Do that, so. <laughs> I think, why not? They're putting any other people out there with, you know, one word name? Hey. <laughs> yeah. I can call you Sea Turtle from now on because I can pronounce that. Oh, hey, fine with me. I will introduce <laughs> myself that way if you want. Okay. <laughs> that works for me. Did you want to read another one? Uh, do you have time? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you people in line or anything? If I someone's mean, waiting, you, I mean, I... Did you do two I, already? I, no, I just did the one, but I mean, if there's okay, there's okay. other people waiting, I could just stay on the line and no, come we're on, back. We're on a two-palm limit right now, and we're okay. We've got four more in the queue and three more that don't have their hands up yet, so you're okay. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can do another one. Uh, and if you don't mind, seeing as I had such a hard day, I'd like to try and keep it on a lighter note if possible. Uh, this is fine. one I wrote wrote back in 2014. It's called When Murphy is the Poet. It's a cautionary ditty. Okay. Be careful what you wish for, friend, because your wishes might come true. And when that moment slides down around you, you'll find that there's nothing that you can do that will change the course of the events that spontaneously transpire from just a, a little wishful thinking and a half-thought-out desire. Because everything has a flip side. Every shadow needs light. But even with illumination, you can still be blinded to the sight that every possible positive outcome is sure to have an evil twin lurking somewhere in your ignorance, just waiting to begin a very public education of you, the rising star. And by, by the time that all is said and done, we'll all know who you really are, the good, the bad, the ugly, the silly, and the lame. It'll all be entered in the book at the Darwin's Hall of Fame. And should you be illiterate, we've got the video. Loot so you can truly see those classic moves that clearly show that you're just another brain fart of the universal mind. Bouncing to life's rhythms and listening to Murphy's rhymes. End of poem. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So yeah, I have homework for you, darling. I was on drugs that day, but hey, you know. That's okay. I understood like 90% of what you were saying. So, you know, at one point or another, I must have done them too. Mm. Oh, yeah, mm. a bad speakerphone. <laughs> on, uh, sorry about that. No, no. And I can I hear you fine. Be, oh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, so I have homework for you. Homework. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you to write a poem called Ode to Bill Murray. Ode to Bill Murray? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can I, I bring any other, anybody else in? Or just Bill, if you, Bill It's your poem. That's just, that's just the prompt. You can do whatever you want with it. Okay. I, I think I, can, I might be able to do that. <laughs> awesome. Add it to right, list. Like I said, I, I, I've got several prompts set up I want to work on, but hey, my muse is funny. It, it's like temperamental. <laughs> I'll be on this for an hour, and then next thing I get 10 minutes to this, go do something else, you know. get to, she, she gets distracted very easily. What can I say? <laughs> That's so, okay. Something in the water down here. <gasps> That's funny. All right, and tell everyone oh, yeah. how to find you. Okay, you can find me at two places, down at Dave's on the Perdido River. If you anybody in the neighborhood, come on by. Uh, or you can find me on Facebook, unfortunately, under my full name, Michael Wayne Ingeseth. Uh Just think Yenga, the game, and Seth. 
uh, and drop the Y. But uh, find me those two places. Uh, I don't write a lot, but like I was telling Nyla, I'm starting to. So hope. That- oh, did we just lose him? I think we just. I think his line just dropped. All right, that's not good. All right, so our next caller, folks, comes from. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, area code five six two five six two. You're on the air. Good evening, Nala. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Uh, great. I was just listening. I'm like, I'm almost got to go have my dinner, but I'm hanging on. <laughs> I said, if I'm not next, I'm gonna have to go and have dinner. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Yay! I'm glad. Just in the nick of time. Yeah. So I'm gonna be quick. I'm gonna take about two minutes, maybe a little bit longer, and I'm going to give you a look inside three different projects that are coming out this year. Okay. You ready? All right. Mm -hmm. The first project I'm going to do is uh, poems from It's called The Clone in Me. All right? Whatever season you're in, that's the weather I'm forecasting. A metaphor I don't want to miss. You're wanting knowing I'm coming for the influences I've made, you see, when I'm away, voices in the pillow echoing last night's memories, tracing imprints left on sheets. Five in the morning, you feel the clone in me, my name still resonating. From unspoken words, from in-between lines, from whispers without hesitation, from indecision, from sensing my hunger, from waking to taking you from knowing you're the love poem I never want to look up from. You see, I had a date. She was nature's blessed and I wanting. We are loose seduction, bold and in bloom. Ours became destiny and I never could say no. To have her would give me another day with love. And now from Dark Man Blues... A shared moment, paper dreaming, this life and this reality, you, wanting more from me, on top of the misery, truth, my freedom, not because you say, no longer chained by the hope of future intentions of better living, the making of America my legacy, the scars on my back, proof of those 400 years, you can't give, and that's the end of that. And Pom? In poem, that was five <laughs> poems <laughs> from three different projects. But you know what? There was there, you could put them all together. You know, if you were doing so to do a, a progression <laughs> progression of thought. Yeah. Oh, definitely. When I'm performing live, I mm-hmm. I, I put poems together to tell a story. You know, exactly. That's unless exactly I'm doing what I was talking readings, about. You know, yeah. So that's a moment from the next three projects that are coming out this year. And uh, thanks to Mr. Eric Devon, my editor and and uh, friend and partner, and we're just doing our thing here. Uh, he uh, doing this thing through Innate Divinity. That's what we partnership on our company publishing. So if anyone's looking to be published, reach out. The innate divinity, 
No, I'd love to do a workshop with the both of you sometime where you as a writer talk about using an editor and having an editor and him as an editor talking about working with writers and why it's so important to have someone edit your work. Oh, absolutely. Because people don't like that. That's a hard thing for a lot of people. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're not giving up anything. You're adding to your creativity when you have the influence of someone who sees the other side, you know, uh, not just a reader, but someone who can tell you um, different word choices, uh, different lines, and how you can move them. And and so you have to be open to Okay, so if you had the word apple in your poem, and I told you, you know, it would be really cool to replace the word apple with first sin. Yeah. In your poem. And, and you decided to go with first sin. Would that make the poem any less yours? No, it wouldn't. Exactly. Depending on, on the, how I'm using the word apple. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 that will... So if you're thinking on that line of writing and thinking of a first sin, then you would want to not say the word apple because that's what everyone's saying, and we know what the first sin is. So uh, depending, like I said, it depends, it depends on what you're writing and the context of the poem and, and where it's going, you know, how you're going to lead mm-hmm. the audience into it. Absolutely. Exactly. All right, fantastic job tonight, my darling. Think about doing that. Talk Thank to your you. buddy and, and uh, see if you guys want to put together a workshop like that. I'm sure he's listening, and I'm sure that, that uh, he, he may want to uh, do something like that. I mean, you guys could do it Absolutely. where you pre-record it and just send it to me, or we can do a call-in show. I can set it to private and just turn the two of you guys loose, and you can just talk back and forth about the whole process. Because I know a lot Absolutely. of people have questions about that. You make it sound less less of a Sounds scary good. thing to do. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, <laughs> great job well, tonight, honey. I mean, thank you again. Okay. <laughs> Tell everyone your Facebook page once more. Samuel Rain on Facebook, CE Poetry on Instagram. Hit me up. Uh, you're more than welcome. Awesomeness. All right, Samuel, great job tonight, sweetheart. Thank you. Bye bye, hon. Good night. All right, our next caller comes from area code, and I've got. We're going to have to cut you back down to a one-poem limit right now unless you brought your homework with you, So, just so I can make sure I get all of you on. I need to let area code, um, let's see, we have one, area code 850-832-9515, I've got you. Okay, so the other ones, if you're not in the lineup, you need to press one. All right, let's check with 807. 807, are you with us? I'm here, in mind, if not in body. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, sweetheart? It's good to hear from you. Thank you. I'm keeping busy as always, being a shutterbug and a a writer and a musician all at the same time these days. It's just just a matter of how much I'm doing of each, so (laughs) definitely keeps me artistically busy, that's for sure. Just shuttling back and forth, back and forth between them. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I'll get to my poem here. Uh, this one's uh, pretty short, and uh, this is a kind of uh, almost what you could call a retroactive poem because uh, a couple of things came together, and because of it, I ended up writing a poem uh, 
for a picture I took on Instagram uh, a little while back of a jellyfish at night because I have a decoration of a jellyfish that I didn't realize till late, uh, recently, but it charges somehow the the fluorescent part so that at night mm-hmm. it glows when it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's like really cool. Anyway, so that and a few other things uh, came together to inspire it. I'll just post about that on your Facebook after. So <clears throat> this is called Tendrils. She reached out with tendrils into the vast ocean of the world, every single strand in wisp extending to find love in its purest form. She dove into the coldest of oceans as well as the warm, braving the icy depths of thinnest hopes, hoping she would find someone there, someone to love and to cherish, to be held by and loved when she felt alone. I hope she finds him, whoever he may be, and I pray that she does not have to plunge to such icy depths to find that love. To have that love wrap like tendrils around herself while she seeks him out, that man who will make her feel safe and warm in all of life's turbulent waters. And so, <clears throat> that's a love poem based on a jellyfish. <laughs> Leave it up to Rob, right? <laughs> Exactly. But, you yeah. know, you you look at the world. You have a very, um, you have you have a very male female way of looking. You assign gender to nature. You assign gender to inanimate objects. I mean, you you see the world in a very passionate way. The mm-hmm. entire world that way. You know. Yeah. Where yeah, you feel the aura uh, of something's not, gender when you're writing about it, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, about a man and a woman. You can actually be talking about a jellyfish, and it sounds like a love poem. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is, I think that animals do tend to have uh, more feminine or or masculine vibes to them sometimes. Not all the time, but but I mean, yeah, like peacocks. You know, they, they, that fancifulness of them is kind of has a female aspect to it because, you know, mm-hmm. because of women's dress and all that. And so, yeah. So anyways, I won't blather on too much. So that was uh, my tendrils poem for tonight. And segue into my promotion there. You can find me under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry. And that's under... My uh, so that's going to be my Instagram, my Facebook, and then I'm I'm always linking up my uh, National Geographic and my SoundCloud, and I'm just trying to adjust the URLs and everything as much as I can now, so that I'm m- even more Googleable, <laughs> so that I show up more. <laughs> you guys, Media anytime you're doing stuff, content. you should always Google yourself once a year. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, and and kind of follow that trail till the pages peter out. But yeah, Google. You should always Google yourself. At least once. And I think you should try to make it so that you personally. I mean, have everyone has different standards, but I think that you should try to aim for where at least one of your mentions is like three, maybe four pages in, if you can help it. Depending on how how prolific you are, but if you're more prolific like I am in terms of putting a lot of work out. I think you should try to aim for having 
having yourself pop up at least three or four pages in, at least once. Mine helps when you're yeah. the only Nyla Lisi in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you're the only one, you can't corner the market. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Robbie. Great job tonight, honey. Thank you. You're very welcome. Hope you enjoy that moon cookie. <laughs> he was he was in the chat there, uh, holding on to to listen to, to my uh, my prose. So, okay. We love him so Talk much. See you later. All right, hon. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code eight six three eight six three. You're on the air. Oh um um hello Nyla. Hello Noreen. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing okay. I'm glad to hear that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. And and um, I have. Can I read one of the Garys tonight too? Absolutely. Okay. And this is the one. This is well. All of his poetry is my favorite. I love all of his poetry. And this one tonight is called "On My Back Porch." Okay. I could feel the moon looking down on us. While I held you close and firm for a long time, I ran my hand over your silky hair down your back while some of it tickled my nose and I got some in my mouth. I still held onto your warm body, enjoying the warmth and closeness of my sweetheart. The end. Aw, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, he, yeah. I think so, those too. The, those are the precious moments. That was absolutely beautiful. And I'm really glad that you will continue to share Gary's work with us. I, yes, that, yes. That, that isn't even a question. Yes, you may. Yes. Okay. Um, thank so you. So what are you going to read to your teddy bear honey tonight? Uh, called Marriage License. <laughs> okay. 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 A license to love, to share it, to treat you with respect loyalty and honesty a license to be with you for poor or for richer to be with you through sickness and illnesses for better or for worse for the good and the bad times to stand by your side and to keep on loving you and to be yours and yours alone throughout all eternity this license says i am your loving wife for the rest of our lives and throughout eternity and oh, God knows I love you, my teddy bear darling, forever and more. The end. Absolutely beautiful, Noreen. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm so glad that you called in. You're sharing his. You're sharing yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm really happy to hear from you. You. Proud mm-hmm. of your book signing that you just had. All of that. You just. You're doing. You're doing. You're doing okay day to day, my love. Thank you. You are very welcome. You want to tell everybody about your book and how they can find you and Gary? Um, yes, you can um, find our books, um, Two Hearts in One, The Aura of Truth, Reflections of Our Inner Beings. You can find them all three on Amazon and uh, Amazon.com, and you can also find them on our website, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot com front slash poetry and I'll I'll sell them on there too and I'll even sign them for you. Okay. <laughs> and and then um 
And then you can find us on Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com. And you can find us on Wikinut.com, PoetryPoem.com. Very cool. Thank you so much, Noreen. You did a great okay, job tonight, Annie, and I love you so dearly. Okay, thank you. And we love you, too. Okay. All right, baby. Okay, and, and I want to thank all, all the sponsors Every all all the, the whole, all the sponsors for sponsoring the show this year, and um, so we could have a venue for us poets to read our poetry. And I want to thank you, um, Nyla, and um, and all the other um, hosts with that with you, the co-hosts, and to to host the show for this uh, host the show so we could read our poetry. Thank you very much. Thank and you, thank you for letting, Okay, you're welcome. Okay. I love you, honey. Okay, we love you too. Okay. Bye, baby. Okay. Miss Noreen Snyder. She and Gary are Googleable and Googleable. I'll say it for her. Okay. Next caller, eight one five. Eight one five here on the air. Eight one five, are you with me? I was muted now. It seems so. If you are mute too, old too, we get to squeeze in with me as well. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. How, how are you doing? Hello, okay, love. I didn't hear that part. What did you say? Yeah, um, I'm here, and it's in a storm, and I'm happy to be here. And I'd like to know if you could unmute too, old too as well. Because Kate wants to do a collab, and we'll kill too I can do though. that. All right. My king, are you there? Actually, her king, are you there? Good evening, good evening. You can share it with me. Trust me, we love you. Okay, okay. I was thinking, man, I better watch how I say that. (laughs) I'm not offended. You know, because you said you're you. Trust me, some other people, I'll be taking my earrings and I'm getting my vaccine. But it's not a love that we have for you as mutual, so yeah. (laughs) Well, that's only because you know that you are my queen, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> As you are mine. Oh my God, yes. Well, I'm so happy to make it in tonight because we we didn't actually have a mic tonight, and we were hoping to get in queue in time, and here we are. Well, I am so glad that you guys are both here. So you're gonna absolutely. do a? Are you gonna do a collab? Of, yeah, we're gonna, gonna do a collab, collab right? Um, he wrote, okay. He wrote an amazing piece, and and you know what I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna freestyle my company, man. And just like the previous couple, you know, it, it's really wonderful to do what you do and do what you love with the person that you love. So, um, yeah, he wrote an amazing piece, and, and he can go with the detail as to why he wrote the piece and who it's dedicated to, and then we'll be out your way. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, the piece, um, real quick, is called Nothing in the World, and it's, um, it's dedicated to um, a couple, Stephanie... Stephanie Washington and Paul Witherspoon, they were um, in Delaware um, like two weeks ago, and they were in the car singing to each other a love song, and the police mistakenly ran up on the wrong car and shot up the car. And, you know, the uh, the guy, he lived through it, and the girl took a bullet to the face, but she's still living. And it was just like, you know, it just kind of struck a chord, and so I decided to write about it. Okay. So, oh, here it is. They, 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 I, I have to add this. They were singing a song that was a duet by Kiki Wyatt 
and and Avant. And Avant. And, um, yeah. I, I think it's on Avant. It's on Avant on, a, on an Avant CD. So it was an R&B song that they were singing to each other in a duet, and the title of the piece and the song is "Nothing in the World." Nothing in the world. Yeah. Thank you. Um. You're welcome, baby. This I love is, Okay. Thank you. This love is like that tune that I can't get out of my mind. My hands stroke your face and cheer all as I smile thinking. My goodness, there isn't one flaw. Not on you. Our fingers interlocking like pre-planned the act of never letting you go. Our gaze going soul depths and you're a true blessing and dreams in its essence and afterthoughts the beautiful forever that happen in fairy tale weddings, you know. There is nothing in the world that feels like this moment while lips connect and sparks engage and you inhale being my exhale. Hearts racing, the pulse excels as obvious. The amid kiss that my need for you was endless. So we do it. Voices coincide, soprano meets bass aligned, so fine, yeah, we do it. Without respect for proper keys or notes, just the intention of being close. Focus drifting, the shadows moving, but not wanting to stop the love dancing that we are doing. And your touch matters, but what was that? I see people running to the window faster, but what was that? Screaming of don't move, drowned out by Avant and Kiki. Glass giving away the bullets, please, baby, just stay with me. I can't believe what I'm seeing, baby, please continue breathing. Police seem to have got the wrong car and the wrong girl. She's laying here mumbling the words. Nothing in the world. Nothing in the world to prepare me. For when I wrote this poem and was reading this poem that was written by you previously, see, I had no idea that this thing had taken place because you know I don't watch the news anymore. So there are stories that escaped me. I wasn't in the loop, so to speak. But I do know the duet that you spoke of, Kiki White and Yvonne singing Nothing in the World is one of those songs that I like to be played at our wedding reception and you and I could dance to. So it holds a special place in my heart. And every time I think about this couple and what happened to them, the tragedy that is ensued, he was unscathed, unhurt, untouched, but just clinging to life with prayers going up. I hope also that she makes it because if he loses his queen, he will continue to be a king. But loving again after a tragedy lost like that, I don't even understand. It would be a devastating thing. My heart hurts broken. When I think about if it were you and I doing the very same thing, what we're doing right now, collaborating our voices together in these poets that we do. When you write a piece and I freestyle my answer to you, my heart would be hurting. hurting. And there would be no completion because you're my other half, even though I'm already home. There would still be a gaping hole left in my soul. I don't even think I have the ability to love someone else after I lost you. So I pray for her recovery so that their love story can continue the way every day ours does. And I thank you for writing this piece because it needed to be. 
people have to understand that sometimes the police are wrong and they shoot people who are innocent, but what they ended could possibly be more than just a love song. Your love should be eternal, and I hope that that's the case for you and I because there's nothing in the world that I love more than I love you. He's King's King, and I'm King's God. Together with Stone's Cave and that's our peace. And read, right? In peace. That was amazing, you guys. That just... I can't even tell you how powerful you two are as writers to get singularly and together. The way you write, the messages you bring, the topics you tackle, all of it, just fantastic. I thank you so much. I um, I think about a week or so, um, Jane and myself, we had decided um, they were passing around a video of a pregnant woman being shot. And I think that enough people was affected by it that I just decided that day that I'm not going to be someone who who continues that chain. You know, I came up with a concept that we call blackout. I'm not doing it. If I feel something about what happened, then I'll write about it. But I'm not passing any violent videos to anybody. I'm not doing it anymore. You know, and this is how I, you know, this is how I feel that it should be dealt with. Whereas poets, you know, we have a responsibility with our words. And if you have that responsibility, there's no reason why, you know, a poet is passing videos of violence, you know, 40 different people, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And I can't speak for the rest of the people, but I know that myself, you know, my baby, you know, we feel that way and we stand strong with that. I agree. Absolutely. All right, you guys, my superstars. (laughs) Tell everyone how they can come find you. At the Storm Cadence Cadence Storm Poetry Network featuring Desire Page, as well as he can be found at King's Cadence Spell Creatively with a K. I can be found at Gina Storm Creatively. Thanks, my mom, for that. And we can be found anywhere that poetry is available because we are the poets of our poems. And we are also Googleable. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. All right, you guys. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Yes, Layla. Love you. See you next week. <laughs> Love you too, yeah, Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye, guys. All righty, our next caller is going to come from area code 585, 585, you're on the air. Hello, this is Doug Curry, how are you? Hey, Doug, made it on 13 minutes to spare. Okay, well, I'll take Good as job. little of that as necessary. I've been around, I've been hearing some nice stuff, so I'm glad I was here to hear some things before it was my turn. Um so here's something that I don't do very often. Um, you know, a lot of stuff you are poems that you create, and I would have to tell you that this is a poem that created me. This is the first poem I ever wrote as an adult, and I was uh, 57 years old when I wrote this poem. 
And as I said, it created me because I woke up one morning and the whole experience of something that had happened in my life came to me and it flowed out. I said, hey, that's a poem. <laughs> so I started writing poetry at that point. Anyway, it goes like this. The, um, the 1960s, everybody, the country was on the move. It was a great unrest. You know, like then we, the young people who were trying to get away from the draft were going to Canada and the hippies were California dreaming. And lots of young people were being taken into the military and sent to Vietnam. And black folks were talking about, hell no, we won't go. And we went anyway. And uh, my travels took me during the summer break, took me to Meriden, Connecticut. It was the first place I had ever been where you could literally be from the wrong side of the tracks. And this is where I met one of the most unforgettable people in my life. I'm going to warn you that this poem has what would seem now archaic language, very frank language that will authenticate the, uh, the the people that you'll hear about in this poem. It will give you these people as they were in their time and place. This is called My Nigger, Henry B. <laughs> Move over, boy. Yeah, you. Simple face. Pecklewood cock was in my face. Uh, uh, hey, man, I think I know you. Henry stepped between us with easy grace. He talked some shit about b-ball and stuff, you know, that kind of job. And you know this cop, he stopped being rough and smiled and slapped my man's eyes. Now, instead of us being detained, Henry explained how I needed, to, needed a half for some food. We went away glad with more money than we'd had. I mean, this young stud was good. My man, Henry B., boss nigga to me. See, we played and played and played. And ain't no telling just where we'd have fell in. If only my man had stayed. But Nixon had his war. And the Marines needed more black bodies for the front line. So Henry had to go off to a world he didn't know and leave his cut buddy behind. No more drinking and smoking and snorting and coking and playing them bitches at the bar. Sent my nigga away, left me to stay with my two Fs. And when I see my partner again, it was really anybody's guess. So then I've got a call. Come on, you know, y'all. Mama said... I still hear it in my head. Mama called and said, Henry is dead. Not from the Viet Cong, but with a spike in his arm. Down in the Panama Canal zone. Now, ain't that a bitch? Now, ain't that gone? I mean, he never even seen this foe. What hit him, he didn't know. Now, the shot was fired. The ghetto plague set in. And my man expired. Dead at 19. He became a ribbon in the sky. Private first class Henry Brunson, Semper Fi. Henry motherfucking B. One of America's royals. A bastard son that she didn't see. Living in the ghetto. A shadow in the darkness. Someone I know. Loved me. Rest in peace, my nigga. Rest in peace. 
and Bibi and both. You know, you are probably one of the strongest narrative voices of my contemporaries, or the poets of, of of my generation, and in my, you know, in in modern us now times. <laughs> yes, I'm a writer, and you can quote me on that, guys. <laughs> wow. You just have you you know that capturing that capturing that moment, but not capturing. Even though you're telling it in a narrative, you're not capturing a moment singularly. It's like you're capturing it from all angles, you know, with all lenses, all encompassing. It's it's a really unique way that you write that I just find amazingly incredible and curious and uh, unique all at the same time. Well, in, in, in formal education, I've studied history, and I never could, never will be able to escape how uh, any single thing that happens in history has antecedents and it is prologue to various other things that have input and are the result of nothing that exists in a vacuum. And a diamond doesn't sparkle nearly as brightly as when you lay it on the black belt. So there's always the backdrop. And the only reason that my poem about my friend makes any difference to anybody is because this happens to other people or mm-hmm. they know of this happening to other people or they can imagine what it is to lose a friend. Exactly. You make it very, very real. You know, if right. you ever write nobody. a book and you ask me to write a blurb to go on the back of your book, it would have to be something like, you know, Doug does not write with a pen. He writes with a Polaroid. That's that's the way. That's what I would have to say about your writing. Thank you. I I, I feel um, a cost in, in in times when I when I write some of these things because you know sometimes poets write things and they sound really good when you hear a poet read or recite something and you don't really know what it means and I think you should never let somebody get away with that. If someone captures your ear and your attention, you never let them get away even if it means that you go look it up yourself, but never let them get away with saying things to you that you don't understand. Because, you know, that might have that might have been the pivotal point to change the meaning of everything that you read next and you didn't know it. Um, there's exactly. one line um, where I mentioned, left me with my two Fs. People remember that there was a draft lottery where you got assigned a number. But before that, there was a system of classification. If you were 1A, you were on your way. If you were 4F, you had flat feet, or in that, and at that time, or you were homosexual. You were not, you were not deemed worthy or capable. A 2F was a student deferment. You were classified number two, and the F was for students. And in the late 1960s, this is why a lot of black people began to go to these universities in 1967, 8, 9, because they caught on. But this is how you could avoid going to Vietnam. And they did. We did. So, here it is. I love it. See, I didn't know that. And knowing that, I mean, it it made it, it was such a that's crazy. I have a girlfriend who writes like her name's Hannah Aya, 
and you know she will write about something and it's this incredibly amazing confection to your ear. But then someone else will read it who has like genius level like you and say, oh my gosh, she's referencing this and this and this and this, and I had no clue. You know, I have a genius like you. You know, but they they see something in it or something clicks or they hear it and it makes perfect sense to them. But that you know that's something that I would have to go look up because that would I would want to know what that was. It's like I I'm just too curious. So yeah, I love but it when there's things like that in poems, and I agree. We don't skip over something. Look it up. Google it. I'm I'm that's, Google's my best friend. GTS. Google that shit. That's the beauty of poetry. There should be something in it that engages you enough to make you go look it up. Mhm. You know, not only did it sound good and feel good, but on second thought, I don't really know what that meant. You know, exactly. let me go look it up. Let me ask somebody. Let me see if it relates to something I've heard or seen before. Let me see if I can use it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I think poetry has can should engage in that way. And if you can engage someone in that way, then it's a portal to opening them up to an experience that they didn't have before, but they're welcome to if they want. Exactly. All right, Doug, do me a favor, my dear, and tell everybody how they can come show you some love. Yes, I am Doug Curry, and you can find me on Facebook under my name. I'm also the host of my show, Blacks and Blues. Blacks and Blues comes on uh, the radio, on terrestrial radio, and also on the Internet on Friday night uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at WRUR.org. The show comes on Saturday night for one hour out of Chicago at WBCB.org. And, of course, I always advocate for people to check into uh, allpoetry.com. I think it's a good site for anyone who's interested in sharing and and learning poetry. And, of course, Thursday night's our favorite night when we get to talk with Nyla and listen to the poetry and the music of everyone who calls in. I so adore you. Thank you so much, Doug. Honey, great job tonight. I appreciate it. Okay, love. See you next week. All right, hon. Bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code one or 419. 419, you're on the air. Hey, Diana. Oh, sweetheart. How are how you? you I'm, I'm good. I'm doing wonderful. You? It's really good to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do... Um, I wrote a couple of poems um, that kind of satire on um, with, you know, these guys that think they're players. You know, they used to hate the player and not the game and all that kind of stuff. Well, I got a daughter, so I don't, you know, like, um, I, I, I really wasn't into that, you know. So I wrote a, I wrote a poem. It was, first was called a player poem, and the second was called another player poem. So I'm going to do another player poem. And this kind of satire on all these guys who call themselves players. Okay. I was sitting around thinking, man, my rap it needs some dusting. So I thought, yeah, I'll hit the club and I practice on my busting. Now I ain't slow, I got the flow. See, I'm down with some semantics. And in my bag of tricks, I got a repertoire of antics. So I got clean and hit the scene, knowing I'm looking fly. My Stacey Adams, my stingy brim, and my three piece four button high. I'm chilling, I'm checking, you know, trying to buy my time. When I saw her kicking it at the bar, man, that baby was fine. 
So I slowly came over, you know, trying to look discreet and trying to figure out a way that she and I could meet. So I said hi, and I started out out of conversation. She smiled, gave a little nod, with delivered reservation. I thought I'd step it up a bit, so I asked her what's her name. She shrugged and gave another nod, and I thought, okay, I play this game. So I looked deep into her eyes, and I said, girl, you must be Venus. And I know that we're going to hit it off, see, because I can feel the vibes between us. Another smile, another nod, and I thought, man, I'm getting to her. I got the skill. I guess I'm still the love entrepreneur. I said, hey, bartender, check this out. I think I found a treasure. Diamond eyes, a golden smile. Yo, baby, what's your pleasure? She's drinking rum and coke, he said. She smiled, and then she nodded. I said, give her two, pour me a brew, and I thought, cool, Papa, stop. You got it. Now, there's a moral to this story, so I'm finally getting to it. But to really emphasize my point, yo, I had to take you through it. After two more drinks without a word, I thought, something here is shady. And one of my dogs from off the block said, yo, bruh, that ain't no lady. She goes by Grace around this place, but her name is really Greg. And just like you, between her thighs, she got that middle leg. My hands got hot, my stomach ached, my head had started spinning. And everywhere I looked, it seemed as if everyone was grinning. I sat there stunned, kind of lost the words and getting really pissed. A voice just as, just as deep as mine said, you don't know what you missed. As I got up to walk away, I gave my tie a tug. Greg, he gave a little nod and made a little shrug. Now the moral here is simple, bro. When you are full of lust and not a proud of perpetrate, be careful where you bust. Don't run no game and make your aim to get over on a sister. Remember this, you could wind up with someone that's a mystery. End poem. Why do I feel like going, what is, how does it go? Do, 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 I don't know how to, how to do it, but you, or how you do it, but you need to set that to music. <laughs> okay. You I can't even think of the name of the song. Me. What's the name of the song? I don't know. <laughs> I've worked in my radio. I've worked in radio my whole life, and I can't think of the name of the song I'm trying to think of right now. Hmm. Huh. They're awesome, but yeah. you need to put that to music, and you need to introduce yourself to everybody. By the way, darling. Hi, my name is Melvin. Uh, Johnson. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Melvin Johnson, and I'm also on YouTube um, under Melvin Johnson or Urban Watch Poetry. Very cool. All right, honey, great job tonight. I'm really glad you were able to get in before the end of the show. I love it when you call in. Thank you. I, I like it when I'm <laughs> able to make it too. Thank you, baby. We'll talk to you next week, hon. Okay. All right. Our last caller for the evening, it looks like, is going to be area code 608. Mr. Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods, are you there? Hey, Fuzzy Hermit on the, in the Woods. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing better. I am very I'm glad. Checking something out here. It took us about 30 seconds for me to figure that out. Lou Reed, he came. Or 
heart, sweet chain by Lou Reed. That's the song. And all the colored girls go and then and then it goes to something shaved his legs and then he was a she. Yeah, where is it? But his his version was Melvin's was like way better. Yeah. So his should be his should be set to music. I thought I think it would be awesome. I loved it. I absolutely loved the whole the whole thing. It was awesome. Okay. So what do you have for us tonight, James? My usual for the coming weekend. You hear me okay? I can. Okay. I'm using my other my normal Bluetooth. Oh, before I forget, if anybody has any clue how to turn off that stupid call screen on an iPhone 8, please let me know. It is so irritating. It will just turn on randomly to let you know that you're on a phone call. It's like, duh. Yeah, okay, Apple. I know I'm talking to somebody and somebody's talking to me. I don't need my phone to tell me that. Well, they're smartphones. Therefore, it treats you like an idiot. Right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go look in my settings afterwards because I just don't <laughs> like messing around with the phone um, when I'm on a call, so I don't hang up or lose a call. So I wrote this back um, in 2009 on Saturday in a pissed off mood uh, when it was Memorial Day weekend. So this is entitled Memorial Day Remembrance. I volunteered. Some were drafted. Either way, we served for you, not for ourselves. We did not seek glory or recognition or a hero's welcome home. We served to protect and defend not my country, our country. We also served to protect and defend those in other countries who needed our assistance to claim their just freedom. So on this Memorial Day, I would like to honor all those who serve past, present, and future by remembering and thanking them for their service. And I would like to remind those who have forgotten the purpose of this day that it is not a day for drunkenness and sloth. This is a day to give thanks. This is a day to pay our respects. This is a day to honor all those who serve. The day is not about you and wanton pleasure. It is about honoring those who sacrifice themselves. As someone wrote many years ago, some gave all and all gave some. I keep getting that backwards. Otherwise, it's all gave some or some and some gave all. I have to look it up again. For not for these selfless souls, you might be dictated or even worse. So put down your beers and your party hats and say a prayer for those who served. Some are marked in unmarked 
Some are buried in unmarked graves in foreign lands, never to return home. Some are marked. Some are buried in unmarked graves in distant seas, never to return home. Some are buried in marked graves in hometown cemeteries where people rest. Some are still missing in action, and our search will never end until we bring each and every one home to rest in their rightful place. And then there are the walking wounded who walk silently among us. Some are missing an arm or leg. Some are missing an eye or are paralyzed. And some are just missing because they lost themselves under the day's hail war or at home. So say a prayer for all who have served because they all gave so much. They served for our past, served for our present, and they serve for our future. They gave of themselves for you. They gave of themselves for me. They gave of themselves selflessly so all of us can live free and home. Thank you for serving, soldier. Glad I could do what I did. Thank you, Nyla. Love you, honey. So I'm going to call you tomorrow, by the way, and update you on puppy progress, just so you know, if you're not going to be busy. No, I don't think so. Awesome. All right. How's little four legs doing? Oh, he's a little shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's not so little anymore. Actually, yeah, he's still pretty little, but he's not so little for, you know, I, I get him next to my neighbor's dog who's four years old and his their dog's as big as this dog's foot. (laughs) <laughs> this was only 11 weeks old. <laughs> he's, he's growing fast. Oh, let him come over on a play date. No, your dog's a Scooby snack. You don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm having fun with him. But, uh, yeah, there's some. Yeah. I, I should I call, be getting I the results Will- on his DNA test back real quick. Okay. I, I, call, uh, I call little dogs. It's a joke, okay? People, I call them lunch um, because oh, that's my okay. dogs are so big. Meat. Yeah. <laughs> I see a little dog, and it's like what little tiny dogs Super in your funny purse. Too. They're stew meat. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a dog. I want a big dog. I want a dog bigger than me. Yeah. Oh, they're so fun when they're so big because you can hug them. And it's yeah. like almost like it's like hugging a fuzzy, furry human being. And they, they you bump know. you and play with you and, you know, start yapping at your ankles. Yap, 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 yap. Okay, we're gonna get so much. Well, Arthur, now. when we when we were out when Arthur, when we were out on the road, Arthur would would uh, bump me in the right shoulder with his nose when he would want something. My Mustang something. used to do that. I'll have to tell you guys a story about my Mustang someday. But all right, tell everyone how to find you, one sapien. You can find me by typing in poetry in the wind. 
as one word, no spaces. Put it in the Facebook search box, and you'll find me there. A cool composite picture Nyla made for me. And if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, like the Commando Poem and Ghost, I can't remember what else right now. Uh, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon, the international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, and it has I some will. Cool art in it. Yep, it does. I will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, sounds okay. good. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job tonight, honey. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, you so much. Thanks, everybody. Have a safe weekend. And remember what we're celebrating, everybody. Once again, thank you, James. Right. We'll talk to you next right. week, honey. Or I'll talk to you okay. tomorrow, but we'll all talk to you next week. Okay. Bye, sweetie. All right, you guys have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Thank you, everybody, for being here. If um, you didn't get the writing prompts and exercises and journal assignments for this week, just listen to the first 15 minutes of the show in the archives, about five minutes after this show ends, and you'll be able to jot those down into your journals. Alrighty, we will see you here next week, and good night, everybody. Oh, I'm Cassandra D'Alba is going to be taking us out tonight with a piece called Empty Spaces. Here we go. Good night, everyone. When he bleeds out rainwater through your cupped hands, like the worst kind of prey, try not to remember the look on that parking lot above his shoulders the day you first met. How it glimmered just for you, eyes gasoline rainbows in a world of cigarette butts, and crushed cans. You were the kind of girl. Mothers have to pull into supermarkets both hands because all you want to do is drink puddles of polluted water until you shine like that. Mommy, ten more seconds, Mommy. Just a taste you have joined the army of heads-down dull pennies no one wants to pick up because no one wants your kind of luck. You just dropped your heart on the sidewalk. Watch someone else walk off with it. The last time you kiss him, you will not know it is the last time, so you will not understand why when you close your eyes and see yourself back home at that gas station off the highway with some farmer's family plot adrift in the corner, gravestones leaning against the air pumps, you will not understand that it is not easy to love someone like you. You label on a broken beer bottle, trying to hold all these sharp edges in your soft body, you single glove curling itself against the imprint of damp gravel kissing concrete. Like it might someday learn to love you back, you need to remember. Not to look for arcs of color in the dirty puddle of his face. 